Chicago's NFL Game Day with Fred Eubner and Steve Mungo McMichael on ESPN 1000 and ESPNChicago.com. And Howard into the end zone, a touchdown, Chicago Bears. And dropped is Mullins, and that's Roquan Smith, his fifth sack of the year. Third down and goal. And Trubisky rolls, and it is a touchdown. Anthony Miller, his seventh touchdown of the year, but only one catch in the last three weeks, and they're hoping that he can finish strong. They're down at five, looking for Cohen initially, and now Trubisky running, and uh, flag is down, and a late hit. Boy, what a nasty hit that was on the quarterback who had already given himself up. And Richard Sherman is in there throwing fist. Pressure coming, Trubisky airs it out. And making a diving reception is Robinson. As the Bears are going to come out of here with a 14-9 hard, tough-nosed win. Chicago's NFL Game Day with Fred Eubner and Steve Mongo McMichael on ESPN 1000 and ESPNChicago.com. Ah, welcome on in. It is week 17 of the National Football League season. Fred Eubner with me, or with you, with me. Um, Steve Mongo is not with me, Steve Mongo McMichael. He is uh, still celebrating the holidays. He uh, will be back next week. As far as I know, when the Bears open the wild card playoffs, whoever that may be against. Or if the Bears don't play next week, there's always those possibilities. The Bears could move up to the number two seed. We're going to talk about it over the next three hours. We'll check in with Jeff Dickerson of ESPN. He is up at U.S. Bank Stadium getting ready for the 325 start. We'll also talk with Courtney Cronin from ESPN NFL Nation. She covers the Vikings, the Vikings, and the Bears. Week 17, I think it's the third year in a row, the Bears have finished their season up in Minnesota. And uh, we'll see what happens today. 312-332-3776. Your call's always welcome throughout the course of the show today as we are looking forward to, I'm looking forward to a Bears victory I'm looking forward to a 49ers victory, and I'm looking forward to the Bears getting a bye week. Now, of course, that's pie in the sky, that's optimistic, but uh, we'll talk about it throughout the course of the show. Your calls at 312-332-3776. We'll tell you what the <clears throat> so-called experts say in the uh, two newspapers in town, and also we'll get into the two, two, two newspapers in town. No, it's not the fault of the sports guys at all. What I'm going to get into and rail about. It's a it's a uh, late 2018 version of What's Up Fred's Can coming up in a little bit later on. And uh, we will get to that as well. 312-332-3776. Also, as Murph does quite often on Saturday mornings with his uh, Twitter polls at ESPN 1000, I've got three of them for you, okay? And we will discuss them throughout the course of the show if you want to call in. Or you can just go to Twitter at ESPN 1000 and vote on the polls. Three of them for today. First one, what are you hoping for most in Sunday's game? Bears 12th win. That'd be great. A 12-4 and record for a first-year head coach. Knocking the Vikings out of the playoffs. Is that what you're looking forward to most? Or everyone staying healthy. Oh, my God. Everyone's worried about a guy who might be twisting an ankle or spraining a little pinky finger. 
Ever since the NBA got into this thing, it's like, oh, we got we got to protect our guys. They might get hurt playing football. Yeah, it's football. People get hurt. You probably take my spin on that. Um, the second question. Who has been your biggest surprise this season? Obviously for the Chicago Bears. Anthony Miller? Kyle Fuller? Mitchell Trubisky? Or Eddie Jackson? Eddie Jackson not expected to play today. We know that Aaron Lynch will not be playing. And Allen Robinson likely will not be playing as the Bears go into Minnesota. We'll talk about that throughout the course of the show. And lastly, now, you know on these Twitter polls we have four options. We don't have five options. The most we can put up there is four. So when people call and say, hey, why didn't you put this? Well, there's a reason, okay? How far will the Bears get in the playoffs? They will reach the division round. They will reach the NFC Championship. They will reach the Super Bowl. Or they will win the Super Bowl. Now you can go to at ESPN1000 on Twitter, vote on any of those, or you can give me a call. Let me know your thoughts. 312-332-3776. We've already had people saying, well, why didn't you put down that the Bears could lose in the wild card game? Well, we don't know for sure if there's going to be a wild card game, first of all. We know that they are in the wild card as of right now, but we don't know what's going to happen later on with the Rams and the 49ers. So we don't know for sure. So will they reach the division round, reach the NFC Championship, reach the Super Bowl, or win the Super Bowl? Again, 312-332-3776, or you can vote at Twitter on Twitter at ESPN1000. We'll review those as we go. U.S. Bank Stadium, the Bears will be up there. They have not played well uh, up in Minnesota. As a matter of fact, opposing teams and opposing quarterbacks don't play very well in Minnesota. Um Visiting quarterbacks in Minnesota this year, average passer rating of 78.5. They have five touchdowns and seven interceptions, including Drew Brees. He threw for 120 yards, a touchdown, and one interception. The Vikings' defense is uh, playing well, actually stepping their game up. Their offense is playing better of late. Uh, The Bears, though, they are the NFC North champions. First time since 2010. And there's a lot to talk about with your Chicago Bears as they gear up for this game. Now, I want to see the Bears go into Minnesota. And I want to see the Bears have a dominant performance for three quarters. And then if after three quarters, the Rams have a 17-point lead over the Niners, then maybe pull out an Akeem Hicks or pull out a, you know, Khalil Mack or somebody like that. If you want to rest guys and protect them. Then put in your other guys, your sacrificial lambs, apparently, who you don't care if they get hurt or not. Um, because Lord knows you'd hate to have Khalil Mack or any of your guys hurt. Pull out Mitchell Trubisky and put in a Chase Daniel for the fourth quarter, even though you just released Tyler Bray and you don't have a third-string quarterback. So that's what I'd like to see the Bears do. Your thoughts on how you'd like to see them go after this game. 312-332-3776. Matt Nagy still trying to figure out exactly how he is going to play this one. A lot of people talking about it throughout the course of the an Eagles fan going by right now. They got to hope the Bears win. They got to hope the Bears knock out the uh, Vikings. And uh, they also have to hope that the Bears don't say, well, you know, we're winning, but we got to go protect our guys. Here come the Vikings, and they knock the Eagles out of the playoffs. That's not the way it's supposed to work. It's not supposed to happen that way. But throughout the course of the game today, there's no doubt 
that Matt Nagy and the Bears, or at least somebody, will be keeping track of that Rams game. And yesterday, Matt Nagy was asked if he's found the person who's going to be keeping track of the 49ers Los Angeles contest. I've talked to a few people, uh, but I, I, you know, what I've told them too is I just want to, I, I, I really, you probably won't believe me, but I truly want to just focus in on doing everything I can. And, and you know, when you're, when you're in, you don't look at the scoreboard one time as a, as a coach. Uh, I don't even know where it's at in our stadium, and I sure as heck don't know where it's at, where we're going. So uh, we're just going to play, and then if, if there's a situation where it's almost like an outlier where, hey, you know, this is ridiculous one way or the other, then I got a decision to make. Um, and I think, and there, and that's what's real. I mean, there's you have to be smart about that, and um, and then, but some of that's gonna you got to understand where you're at in our game as well. You know, it's a lot of these questions that come to me. There's just so many what ifs, and I, it's hard to answer a question with this, so many ifs. Do you want an update on the sideline, or do you only want it when you get into the locker room? Yeah, I want I want zero updates on the on the sideline. I, I just wanna I want to focus on playing football and coaching football. I don't want one update when I'm on the sideline. Okay, he says he doesn't want an update on the sideline. Uh, the scenario I said is there's a good chance that at halftime, maybe nothing's determined yet, which for me would be great because then the Bears would go out, play hard, try to get a victory over Minnesota, improve to 12 and four in year one of the Matt Nagy uh, era, and uh, go on to the postseason, go on to the playoffs, okay? Uh, depending, and then just let the chips fall where they may. Beat the Vikings and see what happens. Listen, the Vikings can lose and still get in this. Uh, into the playoffs if the Eagles lose today to the Redskins. We'll go over all the scenarios a little bit later on in the show, but there's there's a lot of different things going on. That's why the 325 games today are very exciting. I think there's 11 games today that have uh, playoff implications involved in them. Okay, Out of the 16 games, 11 of them have somebody trying to get in the postseason, trying to move up, trying to you know, keep, get a bye, and uh, that's what makes Week 17 of the NFL so interesting. I'll be watching my guy, Andrew Siciliano, on DirecTV uh, and the Red Zone. I'll be watching him early. Then I'll have the Bears on one TV. I got a couple TVs in the basement, and uh, they're not expensive TVs, you know, but I got TVs. And I'll be watching the Bears, I'll be watching the Rams Niners, and I'll be watching the Red Zone. So keeping an eye on exactly what's going on throughout the course of the day. And this could be very, very exciting. Don't forget tomorrow. All the guys are back. Cap will be here. Carmen and Yurko will be here. Waddle and Sylvia will be here. They'll be breaking it down for you. They'll be getting you ready for maybe a playoff game next week or maybe a bye week. I'm not sure how I feel about that either because the bye weeks have not been very good for the Bears this year. Uh, they had came off their first bye week after they beat Tampa Bay with six touchdown passes from Mitchell Trubisky, and then they lose a game uh, in Miami. And then they have nine days off after they win three straight division games with a Thanksgiving Day game, the third of the three in Detroit. And then they have nine days off, and then they lose to the Giants. So maybe getting a bye week, maybe being a number two seed is not the best thing for them. Earlier this week, Trey Burton, as he does each and every week, joined Cap and Company, and he talked about maybe wanting to keep the momentum going. Yeah, you know, I, I look at it in, in all honesty as you want to keep momentum, you know, and right now we're locked into the three, three spot. So as of right now, we'll be playing in two weeks, you know, and so you can't really think of the hypo, there's so many hypothetical things that can happen. And I'm not a big hypothetical guy. I'm, I'm a what's going on and what's, what's happening, you know, right now. And so 
um, to me, you know, I want I want momentum. I want to continue this streak. You know, if you look at what's happened this year in the past, whenever we've had a break, um, things haven't turned out the next game that well. You know, just because we lost the momentum. So um, we're a young team, and I think it's huge. You know, for us just to have that positive momentum. It would be very, very huge, I think, to have the positive momentum, even if they have to play again next week. Now, there's three opportunities, the three different options for the Bears next week. They could play either Seattle, Minnesota, or Philadelphia in the wild card round. Say the Rams beat the 49ers, Rams lock up the number two seed, the Bears are locked in, okay? And they are the number three seed. Dallas is locked as the number four seed, so they know where they're at. They're number four. Um, they are going to be playing the fifth seed in the NFC. The Bears could play Seattle if, in fact, Seattle lost and the Vikings win today. The Vikings would move up to five. The Bears would play Seattle and Minnesota would play Dallas. The Bears could play Minnesota if Seattle wins their game and the Vikings uh, win and or Philadelphia loses, and the Vikings get that number six seed, it would be the Bears and the Vikings next week. Or if the Bears beat the Vikings and Philadelphia wins, then it'll be Nick Foles and the Philadelphia Eagles coming to Soldier Field next week to take on the Chicago Bears. Now, the Bears have some guys that know members of Philadelphia. You just heard from Trey Burton. Trey Burton's got a Super Bowl ring because he played for Philadelphia. Um, Kyle Long was just activated yesterday. He was on the IR. He was activated yesterday. There's a good chance he gets some snaps today. And uh, that will be interesting because his brother, Chris Long, plays for Philadelphia. So Chris is hoping that Kyle and the Bears beat Minnesota. And again, I've mentioned this numerous times. And I know Bears fans don't care about this. But when it comes to the National Football League, it would not be a good thing for the Bears to be having a lead and over the Minnesota Vikings, and then realize that, hey, listen, there's no way we can catch the Rams. Um, the Rams are beating the 49ers, and so we're going to pull some of our guys in the fourth quarter. And the Bears then give up a fourth-quarter lead. And Philadelphia, who's beating Washington, expected to go to the playoffs, sees the Vikings come back and beat the Bears' second stringers and move on and eliminate Philadelphia. That's not the way it's supposed to work in the NFL, okay? You're supposed to go on out there, play as hard as you can, and let the chips fall where they may. So we'll see exactly how things go today for the Chicago Bears. Uh, Kyle Long did practice the other day, and he was asked after he practiced how he knows he'll be ready. I just got to feel like myself, and uh, I'll know. I'll know if if, uh, if I'm in the right spot. I know Coach was saying um, one thing with you returning is about your conditioning. How do you feel like conditioning is improving? I mean, I'm not a marathon runner. Thank God it's a, you know, six-second interval. If it was double digits, I don't know if I'd ever be able to make it. Um, but, you know, football conditioning is a real thing. And, you know, I look forward to working my tail off to get back in that uh, same position I was from a cardiovascular standpoint prior to injury. So Now, Doug Peterson, the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles, also knows Matt Nagy. And Nagy said earlier this week he was asked if he had gotten a call from Doug Peterson. They were both on the same staffs in, in the past. And uh, Nagy said there was a phone call. Let's just leave it at that. So, obviously, Philadelphia 
is pulling for the Chicago Bears to knock off the Vikings. And then the Eagles, who have won a couple games in a row, the Eagles have actually won four of their last five. They've won two straight. They're eight and seven, and uh, they are trying to get that last wild card spot. They are hoping the Bears play their guys, knock off the Minnesota Vikings, something that's not been easy to do. The Vikings with a home record of five and two this year. Uh, the Bears are four and three on the road. They can go to over 500 on the road, and that would be quite impressive. But think about it. This Bears team, and I was listening to uh, the Athletic podcast uh, with the guys, Kevin Fishbane and also uh, Dan Dirk and Mark Lazarus were on it. And they also talked to the guy that follows and covers the Vikings for the Athletic up in Minnesota. And you think about it. Nobody, absolutely nobody, expected this Bears team with Matt Nagy, with Mitchell Trubisky in the first year of an offense, the second year as a starting quarterback, nobody expected this team to be an 11-win or possibly a 12-win team going into this season. So many people said, there's no way you can go worse to first, not in the NFC North, not when you got the Packers and Aaron Rodgers, not when you see Minnesota with that great defense and them spending money and getting a quarterback like Kirk Cousins to go along with Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen and Kyle Rudolph and Dalvin Cook. How could you possibly go from worst to first? Well, guess what? The Bears pick up Khalil Mack to work with a already really good defense. They had they kept Vic Fangio, which was one of the keys in the offseason. And now the Chicago Bears are looking for a 12-win season. Absolutely amazing for the Chicago Bears. It's great to see what they've been doing all season long. It's tremendous. They may be a year early. They may be even better. But I'm trying to I'm looking at their roster. Where do you need improvements on their roster? Okay? They're linebackers. Trevathan and Roquan Smith in the middle. Unbelievable. Leonard Floyd starting to play better. Khalil Mack on the other side. You got Eddie Goldman and Akeem Hicks up front. The secondary, when healthy, Kyle Fuller, Prince of Mukamara, Eddie Jackson, Adrian Amos, and Bryce Callahan. That's going to be a big test today. We're going to talk more with J.D. about this because last week, the Minnesota Vikings finally found Kyle Rudolph. Kyle Rudolph, the tight end out of Notre Dame, really a good tight end. They found him last week, one time on a Hail Mary at the end of the first half. But he had, a, I want to say, a career-high 122 yards receiving. He caught two touchdowns. Kyle Rudolph is a guy that the nickel corner may need to be covering. Or the linebackers, Roquan Smith and or Danny Trevathan. And also, when the Vikings run their offense, they run Thielen sometimes in the slot. They have a lot of receivers. They have uh, other guys, okay, that can play that receiver spot. And they move people around. And that's one of the things the Bears are going to have to keep an eye on because if you have Thielen or Diggs in the slot, all of a sudden, next thing you know, the Bears are going to have to have Sherrick McManus covering them. You've got guys like Treadwell. You've got Aldrick Robinson. You have options. Aldrick Robinson has five touchdowns. Uh, Laquan Treadwell still struggling. Uh, just one touchdown this year. Thielen with nine, Diggs with eight, four for Rudolph. He had two of them last week. The Bears defense is going to be tested. Uh, but the one good thing about the Bears defense, one of many, is they do shut down the running game. And they were able to shut down the running game the last time they played the Minnesota Vikings. Um, Dalvin Cook could not get off. Dalvin Cook has run the ball well. And uh, lately, the Chicago Bears defense uh, has been able to stop the run. Look what they did to Todd Gurley. 
That was one of the most impressive things I've seen all season. You get all hyped up for a Bears-Rams Sunday night game, and what happens? The Bears show up, and the Rams, they just, like, fold up. They just, like, curdle. They look like a little turtle hiding their head in their shell. Oh, Jared Goff, the great quarterback, throwing passes all over the place, couldn't do anything, was stepping on, getting stepped on by his guards. You have Todd Gurley, can't get out of the backfield. And what are the Aaron who? Aaron what? Aaron Donald. The Bears offensive line took care of an Aaron Donald. Now, if they go to L.A., it may not be the same story. But you know what? That's what you have Vic Fangio for. That's what you have Matt Nagy and Mark Helfrich for, to put together a game plan to knock off these teams. Hopefully they've done something where they can knock off the Minnesota Vikings, take a lead. There's one thing they haven't done. They haven't really run away in a lot of games this year. They've won some games big. Obviously, with Tampa, they won big. They won a couple of games big this year. But it would be nice to see them take it to Minnesota. Not going to be easy with that damn horn blowing every time there's a first down in Minnesota. We'll talk more about it. Jump on in, 312-332-3776. Get to our Twitter poll questions at ESPN1000. We'll look at the last meeting of the Bears and the Vikings. And the key to that who won't be playing today. We'll talk about that much more. Fred Hubner in. Mongo's not here. He's thinking about us, though, right here on ESPN 1000. Chicago's NFL Game Day with Fred Hubner and Steve Mongo McMichael on ESPN 1000 and ESPNChicago.com. Ah, it's week 17. Just think about it. We wait all year. We wait for the draft, and then we wait for OTAs and preseason and you know this year why doesn't Matt Nagy play any of these guys doesn't Mitchell Trubisky need snaps then the season starts and next thing you know we're in week 17 and the Bears are 11 and 4 and looking to improve to 12 and 4 the first year under their new head coach Fred Hubner with you Mongo's got the week off he will hopefully be back here when the Bears get ready for the playoffs be it next week or be it the week after uh, there's, listen, I was going to wear all my Niner gear today. I've got a lot of Niner gear. I've been pulling for the Niners for years since 1981. And, um, I got Niners shirts, Niners hats. When the Niners played in the Super Bowl a couple years ago, I lined up like 15 Niners hats that I have. I was going to wear all Niners gear because this is the day that you cheer for the 49ers because if the Bears can win, and beat the Vikings, and the 49ers can surprise the Rams, who have not played well ever since the Bears showed everybody how to beat them, um, then the Bears would get a bye. They wouldn't play next week. They would go right into the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. So we are waiting to see it. But you're, be a big Niner fan today. Cheer for the Niners. It's going to be tough because the Bears took out half the Niners' offense last week. Dante Pettis, done for the season, I think. Matt Breida, also out for the year. Selleck, the backup tight end, got hurt. Um, they've got nothing but injuries uh, on their offense. And when Nick Mullins there, uh, instead of uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, it's not easy. The Niners put up quite a fight. They still do have Robbie Gold kicking field goals. Maybe Robbie kicks five, six field goals today and they beat the Rams. Uh, it could happen. Stranger things have happened in Week 17 of the NFL. We're talking Bears and Vikings. Don't forget to get to uh, Twitter for our Twitter poll questions. We'll review those in just a little bit. Now, earlier this year, the Bears played the Vikings. Week 11, first quarter, Cody Parkey made a field goal, 33 yards. Uh, second quarter, Bears go up 
with a touchdown pass from Mitchell Trubisky to Anthony Miller. And then another Cody Parkey field goal, 41 yards. The Bears had a 14 to nothing lead at the half. It was 14-3 after Danny Bailey kicked a field goal in the third quarter. The Vikings then get a touch, another field goal from Danny Bailey. So now it's 14 to 6. It's becoming a game. And then with 8.30 to go in the fourth quarter, oh, our guy stepped up. This drive starts from deep in their own territory. And it's picked off at the 25-yard line. Eddie Jackson, and he'll go in for the touchdown. Ready to beat the band. Eddie Jackson steps up, and he gets the uh, touchdown 27-yard interception return. The Bears get the touchdown. Now, after that, Kirk Cousins got hot. Now, I'm not sure how much of that had to do with the Bears already having a lead, uh, but Kirk Cousins got hot. He hits Aldrick Robinson for a 13-yard touchdown pass. Parkey, another field goal. Then Stefan Diggs with a five-yard touchdown pass. That was just 48 seconds to go. As a result, 17 fourth-quarter points for the Vikings. 25-20, the Bears get the win over the Minnesota Vikings. Now, a couple things from that game that we can take a look at for today's game. Because the Vikings talk about being unable to run the ball. The Vikings ran the ball for 22 yards against the Bears. That's right, 22 yards. Dalvin Cook, 9 carries, 12 yards. They shut him down. The Bears also. Kirk Cousins, 30 for 46 for 262. Well, again, a lot of those were in the fourth quarter. Two touchdowns, two interceptions. Um, Stefan Diggs did have 13 catches for 126 yards. But the Bears' defense has been stepping up. And... What the Bears' defense needs to do is stop the run in this game. And stopping the run is something that the teams that have played the Vikings of late have been unable to do. A couple of weeks ago, Kevin Stefanski took over as the offensive coordinator. John Filippo got let go. Uh, they flipped the balance in the offense. They are now running the ball 66% of the time. The last two games, Dalvin Cook, 136 yards and two touchdowns against Miami. He had 16 carries for 73 yards against Detroit. Minnesota running the ball a little bit more. So the Bears are going to have to try to slow down the running game of Minnesota. And it's not going to be easy because it's going to be up in Minnesota. And uh, the Vikings have shown that they can actually run the ball and do a pretty good job up in uh, at home. So we'll keep an eye on that. 312-332-3776. A lot of other experts out there talking about the Bears and the Vikings. Um, among them, I don't know if I'd call Dari Noka an expert, but Dari and Mel, you hear him here on ESPN every Saturday. And they were talking, looking ahead at the Vikings game with the Bears coming up today. Give it a listen. Dari Noka and Mel Kuyper talking Bears and Vikings right here on ESPN 1000. You go back to the Vikings, too. Right, I mean, how much pressure is weighing on the shoulders of of Kirk Cousins to 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 invest eighty four million dollars into a quarterback to a team that reached the NFC Championship game a year ago that could not even perhaps make the playoffs this year after that kind of an investment? I realize this is not all on on Kirk Cousins. I get that this is not all on Kirk Cousins, but I certainly think that that's um, that's a that's a significant deal that that. That matters, and then the and then the whole. Mm-hmm. If it weren't you talk about the Rams falter, if it weren't for the Rams falter, the Bears wouldn't have a chance at the two seed. If the Bears didn't have a chance at a two seed, then they're locked into the three seed. There's nothing to gain, so now maybe they start sitting some guys. Well, now the Bears still have something to play for. 
which impacts Minnesota because they have to beat the Bears. Now it's a more of a motivated, incentivized Bears team. If they beat the Bears, or if the Rams win, then the Bears are the three. Minnesota's the the six. Who do the Vikings play next week? Yeah. The Bears again. Yeah. So how much, if you're the Bears, do you want to show the Vikings now? Because you're going to have to play them in consecutive weeks, potentially, if the Rams take care of their business and lock up the two that you yeah. now can't have. <laughs> a lot of interesting fun. storylines here. Yeah, there's a lot of interesting storylines for the Bears. Your thoughts, 312-332-3776. Don't forget to go check out the uh, Twitter polls for ESPN 1000 at ESPN 1000 on Twitter. What are you hoping for most in today's game? A Bears 12th win, knocking the Vikings out, or everyone staying healthy? Number two, who has been the biggest surprise this season? Anthony Miller, Kyle Fuller. Mitchell Trubisky, Reddy Jackson, and three. How far will the Bears get in the playoffs? Reach the division round, reach the NFC Championship, reach the Super Bowl, or win the Super Bowl? Again, you can go to Twitter at ESPN1000 for those. Um, Matt Nagy has been trying to talk to, uh, all week long and explain to people what's going to happen and how this is going to play out. And he has said numerous times, we're going to try and win this game. We'll have a plan and process to, to get an idea of what what we need to do. But that's, again, it, where it gets real easy is that if when you just go and you just play your guys to win, I to me it, it would have to be something that's, uh, you know, somebody comes to me and says, hey, listen, it's a it's a complete blowout or something. And then and then you then you still have decisions to make as well. So we're going there to win the game. Uh, regardless of who is in the game, we're going to win the game. And so none of that's going to change for any of the players, any of the coaches. We talked about it this morning. Um, that's just not where we're at right now. And I feel like if, if we keep our, our – we stay mentally focused on that, then everything else will just kind of take care of itself. Well, it'll all take care of itself one way or another. Uh, at around 6.30 tonight, we will know who the Bears are playing next week if the bears are playing next week uh what would you like to see come out of today 312-332-3776 last week after the games last week after the bears knocked off the 49ers bill barnwell did an article a long article uh most of bill barnwell's articles are long uh on espn.com and the title of the article is revenge of nfl defenses teams that have flipped the script and what's next? And he says offense was king in 2018. If you're paying close enough attention, though, you might have noticed defenses came to life when they counted, uh, when we counted them out. There was that legendary 54-51 game on a Monday night, but defenses did score three touchdowns in that game. Now, he looks at the defenses and talks about defensive win expectancy ranking. And the Bears have the number one defensive win expectancy ranking. And he goes on to say, while Matt Nagy will rightfully uh, get serious consideration for Coach of the Year, it's Vic Fangio's defense that's propelling the Bears into the postseason. Bears rank first in defensive win expectancy, but just 17th on offense, 22nd in win expectancy on passing plays. The only likely playoff team to get less out of their passing attack this season is the Ravens. The Bears are wedged between the Dolphins and Panthers in terms of passing win probability. Okay, He says, the Bears' defense... They limited the 49ers to three field goals, all of which came in the second quarter. Most notably, they managed to hold the Niners on a drive that started at the Bears' 26 after a Mitchell Trubisky fumble, which was not a Trubisky fumble. He pitched it to Eddie, to, uh, Tariq Cohen, who couldn't catch the ball and bobbled it off both hands. But 
by rules, I think, uh, when you throw a lateral and the lateral's not received, it's called a fumble on the guy that tossed it. So anyway, uh, the opportunistic Bears defense was missing Eddie Jackson in the fourth quarter pass from uh, Nick Mullins uh, when it bounced off Marquise Goodwin's fingertips. But there was Danny Trevathan, pounced in the ball, took away a critical late scoring opportunity. Now, interceptions drive the defense for the Bears. The Bears have picked off 4.6% of the opposing pass attempts this year, most in the league. The Bears have 27 interceptions on 582 pass attempts. If they had the third highest interception rate in the league this year, that of the Patriots, they would still have only 18 picks. When a team is such a dramatic outlier in one element of the game, uh, Bill Barnwell says, I always wonder whether it's sustainable. I went back through 1990 and found that the Bears have the 31st ranked interception rate for a playoff team over the last 28 years, which is impressive given that interceptions are harder to come by now than ever. I wanted to see whether the 30 teams preceding the Bears kept their interception rate come January and February, and they didn't. But the drop-off shouldn't worry Chicago fans. Those teams posted an average interception rate of 5.2% during the regular season. Now, for the Bears to advance far in January, he says, it's more important for Mitchell Trubisky to be safe than good. Chicago played only four games against playoff teams this year. They are 3-1 and one in those games, but Trubisky threw a combined nine interceptions while posting a 63.2 passer rating. He did run for 171 yards and 11 touchdowns in those games, but multi-turnover games reduced Chicago's margin for error and forced the defense to play at a transcendent level. Now, finally, they will or they were able to overcome those interceptions, beat the Rams in Chicago by forcing Jared Goff to throw four picks. If Trubisky throws multiple interceptions against the Saints in the Superdome, will the Bears be able to shut down Drew, B- Drew Brees in the NFC Championship game? Manning turned the ball over three times in three games during their final run for the Super Bowl. If Trubisky can keep his giveaways down, the Bears have a defense capable of winning games. That's true, they do. But there's another guy, a Hall of Famer, who's questioning what Mitchell Trubisky can do in the postseason. We'll hear from Kurt Warner. We come back. Fred Hubner with you. It is Chicago's NFL game day. Taking your calls. You want to talk Bears. We got J.D. top of the hour. Courtney Cronin from ESPN NFL Nation giving the spin on what the Vikings are thinking going into this Week 17 game at around 11 o'clock. Lots to talk about. Lots to do. We're here talking Bears and Vikings Week 17 of the NFL right here on ESPN 1000. Chicago's NFL Game Day with Fred Hubner and Steve Mungo McMichael on ESPN 1000 and ESPNChicago.com. Ah, Mungo's got Week 17 off. Fred Hubner with you. We'll hear from Kurt Warner, the Hall of Famer. I'm Mitchell Trubisky in just a second. First, let's go to Antioch and Carl. You're on ESPN 1000. Hey, Carl. Hey, what's going on? Good morning. So uh, I just wanted to comment real quick um, on Nagy's coaching strategy. I I know it's going to be hard to kind of decide how to play this game with all the different results that could end up being. Um, I think that one of the first, the first thing that at least I'm looking at is as a Bears fan, who do I want to face in the playoffs if we don't make it to the second round? Cause that is a possibility. And I, I'd, I'd rather play the Eagles. And here's why it's simply because they have less experience playing this team and they have less video footage on us. Now with the Rams game going at the same time, there is going to be, a time where you, you might have to know what's going on because it will be beneficial to the team to know what's going on with the Rams and the 49ers game. And the interesting thing is going to come where there might be a point where 
we might be we're going to be playing the Vikings, and even if we're not good, even if the Rams are winning, and we've secured the number three spot, we still want to beat the Vikings to try to give Philadelphia the best shot for them to get in and for Minnesota to leave. Right now, to do that, we're going to have to use what I call my four star playbook, and the Quickly. kind of double edged sword about that is that by using our four star playbook to beat them, if by any chance it doesn't succeed, they do kind of got some of our best plays that we're most confident in going into playing next week. So there's going to be an interesting balance into either relying on your secondary playbook next week or trusting your team to execute the same plays against the same team that you just played seven days ago. Yeah, you know, Carl, you bring up a point, a really good point, where the Bears may not want to show their hand to the Vikings on certain plays where the Vikings have to throw everything they can at the Bears in order to win this game. So it's really interesting. It's a must-win game for the Vikings um, you know, I don't think the Vikings are going to lay down if they see that Washington's knocking off the Eagles. So the Vikings are going to go all out to win. They're going to pull out all the stops. The Bears maybe won't. Thanks a lot. We appreciate the call, Carl. I had to let you go. I want to make sure we get to this Kurt Warner cut before we get J.D. at the top of the hour. Now, Kurt Warner talking. He knows quarterbacks. He was one Hall of Famer, went to the Super Bowl, and uh, Kurt Warner was asked, He's not sure that Mitchell Trubisky can get the Bears to where they need to go. Bears' possibility of going the whole distance here with Mitchell Trubisky in year two. Well, I'll tell you what, Rich. It's my biggest concern is if they get in one of those games where they have to go swing for swing, throw for throw with one of those high-powered offenses, can Mitch Trubisky keep up? Now, I know their defense is the real deal, but you look at them. They've been behind in the second half five times this year. Mm -hmm. They won two of those games. Those two wins came against... San Francisco and Arizona, when the defense shut out uh, the opposing offense in the second half, Mitch Trubisky in those two games had a total of less than 150 yards passing. So it wasn't like he took over and, you know, went throw for throw and, and made some big plays. Zero touchdowns, less than 150 yards combined in the second half of those games. And that is exactly what worries me, is that their defense doesn't shut somebody down, which usually happens in the playoffs. You got to win away from your strength sometime. Can Mitch Trubisky carry them, put up 30 points against one of these playoff teams? I'm not so sure. Uh, well, you know, we never know if this Bears offense can put up 30 points. They haven't been asked to do that much. You do what you have to do, and that's what the Bears have done for 11 games this year when they've gotten wins. Okay, They have led in the second half of every game this season the Chicago Bears have. And they're the only team in the NFL that has done that. They hope to be doing that again today when the clock runs out in the fourth quarter. Fred Hubner with you. We're going to check in with J.D. We come back right here on ESPN 1000. This is Chicago's NFL game day on ESPN 1000 and ESPNChicago.com. Teams that have won Super Bowls, they've been defensive. Keep your helmet on, kid. NFL game day. Oh, big hit. That's bad defense. Well, that was vicious. They win with defense. This is Chicago's NFL game day on ESPN 1000 and ESPNChicago.com. Oh, yeah, the Bears win with defense. They've done it 11 times this year. Fred Hubner, Mongo's got the day off. He'll be back when the Bears get into the postseason. Uh, we are here. All the way till 12 noon. Don't forget the Bears, a 325 start. Originally, it was a one or a noon start, but moved to 325 so they can be playing the same time that Seattle takes on Arizona and San Francisco takes on the Rams. 
And also the same time, Philadelphia takes on Washington. Seven early games, I want to say eight late games, and a perfect day for uh, the Red Zone. Fred Hubner with you. Bears and Vikings at U.S. Bank Stadium. We're going to talk with J.D. Jeff Dickerson in uh, just a moment or two. And also, your time, still a little more time for you to get to the ESPN 1000 Twitter polls at ESPN 1000. What are you hoping for most in today's game? The Bears' 12th win, knocking the Vikings out, or everyone staying healthy? Who has been your biggest surprise this season? Anthony Miller, Kyle Fuller, Mitchell Trubisky, or Eddie Jackson? And how far will the Bears get in the playoffs? They will reach the division round, reach the NFC Championship, reach the Super Bowl, or win the Super Bowl. Again, we only have four options. So I couldn't put lose in the wild card game. And I, uh, so I don't think they'll lose in the wild. Plus, there's a chance they don't play the wild card game. Hey, don't look past the 49ers, okay? The 49ers have been struggling most of the year trying to put points on the board. They're without Matt Breida, without Dante Pettis, without Selleck, their backup tight end, uh, without their bat, their starting quarterback. <laughs> And uh, they go up against the Rams, the Rams team that has been struggling of late. So we'll see what exactly the uh, 49ers can do against the Rams. The Rams, uh, three and two in their last five games. Uh, they have not looked great in some of their games of late. So, uh, we will wait and see what happens in that contest, but they're all 325 starts. So we will talk about uh, them throughout the course of the day. 312-332-3776. Don't forget around 11 o'clock, Courtney Cronin will give her spin on what the Vikings see going into this game. Courtney covers the uh, Vikings for ESPN's NFL Nation. The Vikings offense the last couple of weeks. That's been doing a good job. 379 yards and 34 points per game average in those two games since Kevin Stefanski took over as the offensive coordinator. And uh, the Bears are going to have to do some work in front of that loud crowd up in Minnesota. Uh, as I was saying before the break when we had the caller, Carl, the Bears are going into this. And you would think, you know, you think about some of these plays that uh, Matt Nagy calls. And you may not want to show a lot or show your hand when the Bears may play Minnesota next week. Where Minnesota, on the other hand, they got to pull out all the stops. They got to win. There's there's no, well, you know, maybe we can lose and still get in. Well, you can, but you're not going to count on Philadelphia losing to Washington. So it's going to be kind of an interesting game to follow. 325 kick, and our guy Jeff Dickerson will be there. J.D., what's going on today? Fred, my friend, uh, it's great to be with you. You know, it's funny, it's like, this is the, the week where everyone is reflecting on how far the Bears have come. And yep. Can you believe that only a year ago they were finishing up 5-11? and 11? You know, my memory of being here at U.S. Bank Stadium last year was John Fox storming off the podium after two questions about his future. <laughs> I mean, to think that the Bears have come from that moment, finishing 5-11 and 11 after losing 23-10, to 10, to the Vikings on December 31st of last year to where they are right now with a chance to lock up the number two seat potentially if, as you said, those scenarios fall into place. It is something, isn't it? I mean, just the mood from, from last year to this year. And really, Fred, the Bears have finished the season in Minnesota for how many years in a row? That's and every crazy. Year it's just, yeah, it's just another, well, another bad year. Gear up for the draft, gear up for free agency, be home, be home watching the playoffs. There's really going to be a, a truncated draft this year for the Bears because they don't have their first, their early picks. 
you know, they've spent so much money in free agency, there isn't going to be, I think, a huge um, you know, wave of free agent signings with the Bears because that, that ha- happened last year. Right. It's like every, every offseason priority has been turned on its head because now they're getting ready for the playoffs. So it's just it's kind of interesting, again, just the, the dynamic between the last couple of years here in Minneapolis to what we're going to see here this afternoon coming up. You know, you mentioned money, and uh, ESPN Stats and Info put out big spenders of 2018. It says one parallel between the Vikings and the Bears is they both spent a lot of money since the start of the 2018 league year. Bears have shelled out the most guaranteed money of any team, according to roster management system, while the Vikings gave out the third most. And obviously, you know, Khalil Mack getting $90 million guaranteed, but the Bears have shelled out $262.6 million for all the people for years. How many years did you hear it, J.D.? The Bears are cheap they don't spend money well they spent their money this year didn't they yeah it's about spending money wisely right I mean, it's funny Fred, now we had this debate at dinner last night actually so about a bunch of us that cover the team so to me the khalil mack deal was a no-brainer right i mean there's not an owner in professional sports that would not have given khalil mack that contract so i don't really look at the bears and say wow ownership stepped in and saved the day when you have a chance to get a former defensive player of the year in the prime of his career you pay that man whatever you got to pay him and they did that. Now, Fred, they did spend a lot on Allen Robinson, yep. on Taylor Gabriel, on Trey Burton. And, it, you know, look, it, the numbers certainly aren't overwhelming for all those guys, but they've still been good players, and they've had moments where they've stepped up and they've made important plays. Now, if the record was, let's say, let's say, Fred, the record was going to be 6-10 and 10 this year, 7-9, and nine, and then you look at some of those numbers, the receptions by Allen Robinson, who's not going to play today because of that, that injury. You know, he's doubtful. Right. You say, hmm, Allen Robinson has 55 catches for 754 and four touchdowns. That's okay, not great. Taylor Gabriel's got 63 for 627 and two touchdowns. And then Trey Burton, who made a ton of money and guaranteed money from the Bears, 49 catches for 536 and six touchdowns. But Fred... Winning changes everything, and winning changes the perception of the contract you gave out. But, you know, yeah, they, they have spent the money, and uh, they had to. Because, you know, and we've heard the Vic Fangio, Fred, said apathy this week for the first time. Like, there was a legit sense of apathy setting in about this franchise. And that just had to change. And to do that, they had to spend the money, and, and good for them. A lot of those moves are working out, at least in the win column. Yeah, it's it's interesting because I know I saw someone uh, post earlier today. It might have been Mark Potash in the Sun Times or something else, but he just said if Trey Burton has one catch, he there'll be four Bears with fifty, and it's funny, you know, or more than fifty. Um, a lot of times when you look at offenses, you're not looking at fifty; you're looking at a hundred. You're not looking at seven hundred yards or six hundred yards. You're looking at a thousand yards. But the way the Bears have gone about it. And we kind of knew this with Matt Nagy. He was going to go out and bring in a lot of options. And that's the one thing Mitchell Trubisky has when he goes back there. He can, he can throw it to the sideline to Cohen or in the slot to Gabriel or down the field to Allen Robinson or over the middle to Trey Burton or Anthony Miller. He's got options. Heck, they stopped throwing to Jordan Howard actually he, after he was actually catching the ball. So they promised us an exciting, uh, offense. And I think we pretty much got that, but it's funny, we got it early in the season, and I think the last several games, I don't want to say they've been more, I don't know, they pulled back a little bit more, but there was that three-game stretch where we saw Anthony Miller get two targets. And, you know, he had three catches last week. It's like they all had times where, 
Trey Burton was putting up great numbers. Then all of a sudden, for about a three or four week period, nothing. And it was, you know, part of it coincided with Chase Daniel, but it also seemed like, I don't know, I'm not exactly sure what was going on. I was really excited about the offense early. As we're getting closer to the playoffs, I'm not sure if I'm as excited about the O. I think for the element of surprise was wearing off, too. Okay. Teams were seeing this offense more. And as, as innovative as Matt Nagy is, and we can talk more about what they're going to show, as you were mentioning before I came on, you know, what, what do you show today in a Week 17 game against an opponent that you might have to play in the playoffs again next week? But for as many plays as he has, we have seen several of the same plays over and over and right. over. I mean, we see jet sweeps every week. You see a little inside toss play every week. So I just think defenses are catching on, and it's, it's more difficult to be successful when you don't have the complete element of surprise over your opponent. But I agree with you. I mean, look, offensively, it hasn't been, it hasn't been that great. Two points I want to make, though, um, and you brought up a great point, um, about all the receivers that will be 50 catches or more right. after Trey Burton gets one today. The only guy that had any numbers like that last year for the Bears was Kendall Wright. He's out of the league. <laughs> I mean, let that sit in for a second. Like, you know, and, and about money well spent, too, I should, I should have mentioned this. Now, defensively, the money has been well spent. The Kyle Fuller deal, that's coming off the seven interceptions this yep. year. Prince of Mukamura is having a very good year. He got paid this offseason. That's about three interceptions, uh, you know, a pick six. He, he's having a good year. So, uh, Akeem Hicks. That's money well spent. He got that extension recently. Um, so, so yeah, again, I, I'm not saying that all the deals uh, have been great that they've given out, but they've given out more good deals than bad deals, which has helped them get to 11 and 4, but also the draft picks. And that's why I think, Fred, it's, it's a nice mix of veteran guys who are paid and young draft picks who are on the verge of getting paid. Um, it's, it's, it's a good recipe here, and uh, I don't think this is going to be a one-shot deal. I think this is going to be a team that could contend again next year if they stay healthy. And you see the lens they're going to to protect guys like Eddie Jackson and Allen Robinson. And we saw it with Khalil Mack and Mitchell Trubisky. I think this regime, Fred, much smarter about injuries than the previous head coach because those guys were always hurt and they did nothing to change the situation. Um, what we're going to talk about today's game and how they're going to approach it, but I want to ask you a real quick question, just a big picture question. I was looking at the defense and the offense and trying to figure out, you know, without first round pick because of the, the Khalil Mack situation, I'm not even sure what the biggest need for the Chicago Bears is position wise going forward. I would say you need to find another running back that fits the mold of Matt Nagy's offense. So he likes speed. And, you know, Jordan Howard just doesn't really have that gear. Right. Um, I think Tariq Cohn does, but he is so valuable. You don't want to give him too many touches out of the backfield because he's also a receiver. He's a return man. So I would say running back will be pretty high on that list. Um, You could always use more pass rushers. You could always use more help on the defensive line. Um, But Eddie Goldman got paid. Mentioned Nakeem Hicks. Right. You know, they're getting something from Jonathan Bullard. He's giving him a little something here. Um, but, yeah, I, I, think, I think a running back would be something nice. And, and the good news there is, you know, you don't want to take a running back too high. But guess what? They don't have high picks. <laughs> that's so, true. So that, might, that position might fall in their lap pretty nicely on maybe on day two or early day three. Okay, today, and I know all week long, and it's, it's tough when you have week 17 and the most asked question is how long are you going to play your guys? And uh, that's what Matt Nagy has been asking or uh, being asked all week long. And he did say yesterday that 
I think it was yesterday or two days ago, that he doesn't want to be bothered on the sidelines during the game. Well, there's a good chance that at halftime you may not know what the you know what to do about resting your guys. I'm thinking it may be closer to the third quarter or the end of the third quarter uh, because you know NFL games change. It could be a low scoring game. The Rams aren't going to have Todd Gurley. They'll have C.J. Anderson in their backfield again. Maybe the you know that's a relatively close game. What do you think is going to happen today, and how do you think it's all going to play out? I think what he meant, Fred, is he doesn't want to be on the sidelines trying to call plays and have one eye on the jumbotron at U.S. Bank Stadium. Okay, I think I don't think he. If you can you can approach him during games. He's not unapproachable during games. I just I just think he doesn't want to be the one responsible for scoreboard watching. But they have so many members of the support staff, quality control. There are coaches that their responsibility will be to monitor what's going on with the Niners and the Rams, and then you relay that information down to Matt Nagy. So I think I think that's what he's talking about. It, I, I'm, I am very curious to see how that game unfolds because your Niners are pesky, Fred. Yeah, they're, they're pesky. They were last think, week, but then were, again, I in think, the first half, they lost four offensive players. Yeah, that, that's that's going to be tough. Out. They're yeah. not going to win today. Okay, they're, they're not going to win. However. I think they could keep it respectable. So you just they just have to decide, like, when, did they, when do they pull the plug? When do they know that the Niners are not going to be able to come back? Is it a 14-point deficit, a 21-point deficit, how late in the third quarter? But once that happens and there's no motivation now for the Bears to, to, get, you know, to improve, um, then they could really strongly consider uh, pulling the guys, but you know, look, there's also a competitive aspect to this too. If it's a great game, it's really close, and you know, guys are playing well. You know, it's this, this is why you pay Matt Nagy the big bucks, Fred, is to make is to make these decisions because it's not an easy right. decision, right? And we could then we could have the debate about, well, geez, I mean, are the Vikings better off being left at home? You know, do you want to knock them out um, if the Eagles win today over the Redskins, as most people think is going to happen? Um, I think I think the Bears can beat. All three of those teams, those potential first-round matchups, right. I told you feel next week. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's, it's tough. And, and, again, that's why that's up to the head coach. He makes a decision, and then he has to live with those results. But I don't think, barring a complete blowout, that we're going to be thinking about the Bears easing off a little bit until somewhere probably deeper into the second half. Jeff Dickerson up in Minnesota getting ready for the uh, 325 start. The Bears taking on the Vikings at U.S. Bank Stadium, and he's used to ending his season up there. As you mentioned, it's been several years in a row where the Bears and Vikings have gone at it. Now, J.D., I know this isn't the Bears' problem, but and I know it shouldn't, I shouldn't be worrying about it, but for the, for the league, it would not be good if Seattle's beating Arizona. They're going up, okay? Um, they're not going to fall down to six. The Bears are beating the Vikings, and Philadelphia is beating Washington. And then the Bears realize, hey, you know, the Rams are winning by enough. We can pull some of our guys. And then Minnesota comes back, and they win. And they and Philadelphia doesn't go because the Bears pulled their players. That's yeah. not the way it's supposed to work. And there's I a know, chance it could today. Think, I don't think any tears will be shed for the well, Eagles not in Chicago, and they their won't. fans. And they won their Super Bowl trophy last year, and you know their fans are uh, are something else. Um, so yeah, I, you're right. But so I don't know what I don't know what the right answer is, and only one person's going to make that decision, and that's that's Matt Nagy. Yeah. So I I think it's a tough decision. Now look, there are so many great storylines. Either way, we win. Or at least I win. Right. I need a next week because you could have this great rematch against Minnesota at Soldier Field. 
You could have Seattle, which I don't think you're going to see them, but that's a team the Bears beat in week two right. to kind of get things going. Matt Nagy's first win uh, as a head coach in the regular season. Now he's playing them in the playoffs. And then you've got the Eagles, Fred, last year in Philadelphia. That was a massacre. Uh-huh. It was a bloodletting. And, and remember, the Eagles were one of the first teams to do that group celebration. Yes, they were. And they were straight clowning the Bears last year, doing all that stuff. And the Bears, like Kyle Long, guys like that, by the way, Kyle Long, active uh, on the active roster today. We'll kind of see how that goes. That'll be a story post game coming up later on ESPN.com, how he plays if he plays in his return. But the Bears were so upset. How can the, the Eagles do this? And they don't care about choreographed dances. And now the Bears are like the number one team in the league to choreograph dances. It's, yeah. it's, just, it's remarkable how things come full circle in this league. So either way, it's going to be a good matchup at Soldier Field next week if the Bears don't get that number two seed. J.D., I know you know me well enough. It takes a lot to get me bothered, right? <laughs> yeah, oh. right. Uh, Jesus, the wind blows the wrong way. What, 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 what now? No, I was going to say that last year when Philadelphia, I don't mind guys celebrating after scores, but they celebrated after it was like a fumble recovery or an interception at midfield. They celebrated. They it did, wasn't in the did. end zone. That, yeah, yeah. I think that was more for Alshon. Oh, um, they wanted to. You know, Alshon was a big game for him. He caught a touchdown pass. Um, that was it, frustrating. We had never seen anything like that. No. And I'm sitting there at the link, and I'm like, Oh my goodness! <laughs> I've never, I've never seen this before. And, and now I see it every week. Covering the Bears. Yeah. You just never would have thought that would have been the reality that they're in right now in, in 2018 as we head to 2019. We, we've already heard this week numerous times uh, Trey Burton joined the Cap and Company show on Monday. He said he'd already heard from several of the Philadelphia Eagles about the game this week. And Nagy was asked if he had heard from the Eagles coach. And he said, let's just say I got a phone call. And you mentioned Kyle Long. His brother Chris plays for the Eagles. So, I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of back and forth and tie-ins for that. So if, in fact, they do play Philadelphia, your storylines are written already. you got tons Absolutely. of them. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and, and look, you know, the kudos to the Eagles for recovering here. Um, I've never seen a franchise lose their starting quarterback uh, twice right. and, and, and still continue to kind of churn along here and have this success. So look, they're, they're all going to be tough games next week. But I do think the Bears can't go into it feeling that, oh, no, we don't want the Eagles, or, oh, no, we don't want the Seahawks. I mean, you're the division champs. You're the number three seed, if that's what turns out, for a reason. You know, you're great. You've lost. They're 7-1 and one at Soldier Field, Fred, so yep. Yep. they should feel good about it. How do you see them using Kyle Long today? I mean, he's got to get some some snaps, doesn't he? I mean, you're not, you don't want to go into a wild card game with his first snaps in the season, or of the, like you know, in a long that, time. Now that they bumped him up, I wasn't sure what they were going to do. Now that I feel like they bumped him up, and he's on the 53. I think uh, you probably would activate him today. He could start. I don't know if he's ready for a full game, but I think they would just have to have him on a snap count, as, as, as Matt Nagy said, and, and flow of the game and how the game is going. Um, boy, remarkable. When that, when that foot injury first happened, Fred, uh, it looked very bad. Yeah. So that, he was bracing for the worst. Everyone was bracing for the worst, but you know, didn't have to have uh, the type of procedures that he's had the last couple of years. So yeah, it, it, was, it was building towards this, and this is why they made the rule that you can bring two guys off of injured reserve, and they already used it on Adam Shaheen, number one, and now Kyle Long. So um, this could be a big lift for the Bears. Because, Fred, I do think, we talked about this last week, I do think at some point they're going to have to run the ball in the right. playoffs to win. 
and there's no better run blocker along the interior of that offensive line than Kyle Long. So I think getting him back is going to help, absolutely. Okay, now you said it correctly. I praised uh, Shea Pepler the other day because she was here and she kind of poo-pooed me because she said, she said, really, that's that's a basic thing. Yesterday, this was Matt Nagy yesterday talking about Kyle Long. Give it a listen real quick. You know, just talking to him throughout the week, I, I feel pretty good with with uh, with him playing most of the game. But we have to just kind of see uh, if that's where where we're at, and if it is a pitch count or if it is, just, you know, a lot of that I think honestly is going to be more so of when you're in the game. How's he feeling? If he's feeling good, keep him going. If he's not, then uh, then we can. And, and when I say not, maybe it's just we between all of us talking. Hey, let's just get him out, and and uh, it, it's good for him in any way you look at it. Okay, JD, it, it's football. Okay, the only pitches they have is when the quarterback pitches back to the running back. There's not a pitch count in in football. Get he, you know, he's a head coach. He's got to get his lingo correct. Okay, it's you said it right several times. It's snap count. <laughs> These are the things that are bothering you in Week 17. Yes, they are. Championship season, Fred. Yes, they are. We got to get. You're right. You're right. So I mean, (laughs) um, but 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 I think Matt Nagy's he's right. If he's out there and he's feeling great and he's pancaking guys, why would you take why would you take him out? No, you wouldn't. This is though, and we should mention this too. And this is on me for not mentioning this. Remember, this is a very good Vikings defensive line. Yeah, this is this is is a very good defense they're facing today, Um, and uh, I think the Vikings certainly were embarrassed. But what happened at Soldier Field? That twenty-five to twenty final score on November eighteenth, Fred. That is not indicative of the game it was. That was a much bigger blowout win for the Bears. It's just Kirk Cousins, as Kirk Cousins likes to do. He chunked up a bunch of garbage time stats. So I, I think the Vikings are going to send the house at uh, at the Bears offensively today. And uh, hey, what better test for Kyle Long to make sure that he's totally right than going up a great defensive line like Minnesota has? Okay, one last thing, and it, and it, I was listening to some guys, and they were talking about you know uh, Bryce Callahan being out. Callahan obviously played a big role uh, earlier in the season when the uh, Vikings came to town. I think he was still playing at that point. He got hurt after that, I think. Mm-hmm. And um, but now you have Sherrick McManus, who's played that role, and that's been pretty good. But you also have guys. This uh, Vikings offense, they line up Diggs in this slot sometimes. Sometimes they line up Adam Thielen in the slot at times. They add put different guys there, and Sherrick McManus is going to be tested, along with the linebackers, along with Trevathan and Roquan Smith, because what do you know? They finally found all season long after waiting all year Kyle Rudolph last week with two touchdowns and 122 yards. The, you know, Kirk Cousins did make some mistakes. One of them, Eddie Jackson, takes back to the house. He won't be there this year I don't, or this week. I don't know that Deion Bush would make that same play, but you know, it's back. It's in Minnesota. They're playing well. They got a new offensive coordinator. It's not going to be quite as easy as it was, uh, like you said. It was more of a blowout in the twenty-five twenty. More of a blowout than the score showed. It's going to be a difficult game today. Correct. But let me leave you with this thought. Fred. Okay. Let's see Kirk Cousins play well in a big game at home. Haven't seen that yet. Gotcha. Let's see Kirk Cousins. The pressure is on. These fans are angry. They shouldn't be playing for a playoff berth in Week 17 right. in their minds. This is a team that should have won the division. What the Bears are doing is what the Vikings feel like they should have been doing. But the quarterback play has not been good enough. So I want to see how Kirk Cousins responds. And what I'm telling you is going to be a pressure cooker atmosphere coming up in a couple of hours for the home team because the home fans are upset. When you, when you leave U.S. Bank Stadium, do you still hear the horn all night long? 
I just feel the biting cold uh, as I walk back to the hotel. Fred, I love Minneapolis, but man, it's just a different type of cold up here. Yeah, it is. Oh, it's bone-chilling cold. It's uh, a... JD, a, a mile walk has never felt so far, my friend. Stay warm, and hopefully it'll be you know in the mid forties, low fifties next week. You never know when the Bears are playing. If they in, play, in fact play next week, they may not. We'll have to wait and see. Appreciate it as always. Uh, be careful with that walk there. Don't slip on any ice, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Fred. Happy New Year, buddy. You too. Jeff Dickerson, always doing a great job. He's up in Minnesota. They end their season all the time in Minnesota, it seems. The schedule makers always have them up there. And this week, it means something as the Bears and Vikings go at it. We'll talk more about it. And bold predictions, not only from us, but from you. 312-332-3776. Give us a couple of bold predictions for today's game. They could be outrageous. They could be crazy. They could be just your predictions on the contest. 312-332-3776. Bold predictions right here on ESPN 1000. Chicago's NFL Game Day with Fred Eubner and Steve Mongo McMichael on ESPN 1000 and ESPNChicago.com. Ah, Mongo's got the day off visiting family for the holidays. He'll be back if the Bears play next week or if the Bears play in two weeks. We'll do our um, playoff preview with Steve Mongo McMichael here on ESPN 1000. Oh, another guy that... I'm in one of those weird fantasy leagues where we play cumulative points. We play all 17 weeks. So one of the guys I had was Corderell Patterson. I think I dropped him, but he's inactive in case anybody's playing in one of these silly leagues like we like I'm in. I'm in another league, obviously, that ended, and I was not in the playoffs. But um, we're going to get to bold predictions. Um, 312-332-3776. You can make a bold prediction on today's game with the Bears and the Vikings, or it could be even further on down the road, a bold prediction of what you think is going to happen. One of the poll questions, and we'll get to these in the 11 o'clock hour and the results of the Twitter poll questions. One of the poll questions is, how far will the Bears get in the playoffs? Reach the division round, reach the NFC Championship, reach the Super Bowl, or win the Super Bowl. You can go to Twitter and at ESPN 1000 to vote on that. Like I said, we'll look at those in a little bit. But talk about a bold prediction. Greeny, Mike Greenberg, and get up the other day. They had Lewis Riddick on. Now, we know how much Lewis Riddick has liked the Bears, but listen to what Lewis Riddick had to say the other day. And while you're listening, dial it up with your bold predictions for today's game. 312-332-3776. This is Lewis Riddick, ESPN, on Get Up with Mike Greenberg the other day talking Bears. The Vikings are an awful, awful talented football team, but I just believe in what Matt Nagy has constructed along with GM Ryan Pace up there in Chicago. I don't think this team loses anymore this year. I think they go all the way down to Atlanta. And let me just up the ante. I think they win it. I think they win it all. He is picking the Bears. Can we just come out on camera? I don't mean to do this. Do that. I'm not the director of this show. How about just do that? You didn't tell anyone you were going to do that. You were right, picking I the Chicago Bears to win the Super Bowl right yeah. now. Let, let's, just, let, let's just put it out there. Look, I, I believe in this, all right? I believe in ball control. I believe in running the football. I believe in being multiple in offense. And I believe in playing stifling defense with good special teams. Tell me where they can't do that. The key here is Mitch Trubisky. I've said it all year long. Just don't turn the ball over. Hit the opportunistic big plays. And they have, look, 1-2-53, you tell me where they are so deficient roster-wise that they can't compete against anybody in the NFL. They're not. 
There are other teams, look, other teams have fantastic players across the NFL. The Chiefs have a generational quarterback who will probably go down as one of the best quarterbacks to play of all time in Patrick Mahomes, okay? Yeah. The Ravens are playing dominant, dominant defense with a just grinded out type of offense. The Patriots, you can never discount. In the, in the, How about in the, the Saints? The Bears the Saints, have to you're go right. through, they have to right. go to New Orleans Absolutely. and win there to get the The Saints the don't have any speed on the perimeter. They just don't. And I'm telling you, you come down on this offense and you pressure them, you can you can absolutely stifle this offense. It's already been proven. That's a bold statement. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Lewis Riddick with some bold predictions. He says the Bears will not lose anymore this year. They will not lose anymore this season. And that means they would win today, win their playoff game, wild card or not, win the division round, win the NFC Championship, and then win the Super Bowl. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. Your bold predictions. It can be for today, or it can be for the Chicago Bears and the remainder of the season. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. Me and Felix Reyes, our producer today, we've got our bold predictions for today. Felix, to start with you, and then we'll go to me, and then you if you have any other ones. All right, so the last game the Bears played with the Vikings, we saw the big play that ended it all. It was Eddie Jackson's pick six. Right. Eddie Jackson's not playing today, so I'm going to take Deion Bush, and he's going to get a pick six today, and it's going to be a big one. Boy, oh boy, that's a bold prediction. Wow, that's bold! Deion Bush stepping up to make a uh, big interception. Um, I I've got one, and I, I, I will say that, well, this isn't a bold prediction. Cody Parkey will only kick extra points today. He will not have to kick any field goals because the Bears will dominate offensively, which is a bit of a surprise to many people because uh, if there's one thing people question, it's the Bears' offense. I think Cody Parkey will not be asked to kick any field goals. All Cody Parkey uh, stepping on the field will be kicking the ball off and kicking extra points. Bold predictions. That's it. He will not have anything else to worry about. And one other one. We mentioned that uh, Trey Burton needs one more catch to get to 50. He will then make four guys on the uh, Chicago Bears with 50 receptions or more. Uh, Cohen is 69. Gabriel, 63. Um, Allen Robinson, 55. Likely not to play. Trey Burton has 49. I'll go better than that. Trey Burton will have six catches today. He had five last week. I think Trey Burton will have six catches today, including a touchdown. Darth Vader, only you could be so bold. That's pretty good. Another bold prediction. Yeah, I, I think the Trey Burton they're going to use him. They're going to you know they're going to take advantage of the uh, middle of the field. I think Trubisky's going to be able to find him quite often. I think Mitch is going to have a good game. That's not a bold prediction. I just think he's going to have a good game. All right, I got another one okay. for you. Okay. Uh, meanwhile, we're, we're, we're throwing out there, these are bold predictions. Yes. So I have Chase Daniel throwing for 100 yards. <laughs> okay. So that means this game will get away at some point, and Chase Daniel will be at quarterback and throw for 100, 100 yards. yards. That's as bold as it gets. Wow! That's bold! Yeah. They don't get much bolder than that one. So we'll keep an eye on those. Some of these, some of the bold predictions throughout the course of the year have been interesting. Some of them have, been come, have come through. Uh, two weeks in a row, uh, Mongo just nailed them. Against the Rams, Mongo said that the Bears would have more offensive plays than the Rams. They did, 66-61. to 61. Um, He stepped up. And uh, I think last week, though, I think he predicted last week, he or I, I'm not sure which. One of them, one of us said that uh, that 
Cody Parkey would have more field goals than Robbie Gold. Well, that didn't happen. Robbie Gold kicked three, uh, and Cody Parkey missed his first. So, you know, sometimes bold predictions are just that. Their predictions doesn't mean that they're necessarily going to come through, and uh, they didn't last week. 312-332-3776. If you've got a bold prediction for us, we're going to talk more about the Vikings at the top of the hour. Courtney Cronin from ESPN NFL Nation, who follows the Vikings, will join us at 11 o'clock. We'll also break down the playoffs. Here's some sound from some of the teams that are active for today. Let's go quickly to Oak Forest and George. George, you're on ESPN 1000. What's going on? Hey, how are you, brother? I'm doing good, George. Uh, here's this bull prediction. Cody Parkey, four for four. Ends the game with a 47-yard game-winning field goal, baby. Go Bears and bring on whoever it may be. That's Thanks, a bold George. statement. So, George, I say that Cody Parkey won't have to kick any. George says he'll kick four. Four and did he say the game winning forty seven yarder game winner <laughs> forty seven yarder too yeah so they'll have to play all the way through you know it's indoors so they should be okay that would that would be uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't mind that couple of stats I want to get to uh, we've got a lot a lot to hear we're still going to hear from Vic Fangio we still have other people to hear from uh, Darren Woodson Teddy Bruschi as they take a look at the game we'll hear from Kirk Cousins. Uh, NFL Network's Michael Robinson. We've got a lot to listen to, a lot to do before we're out of here. Uh, and also, we we got to play this. I played it a couple times this week, but it's for all those Mitchell Trubisky non-believers. I don't want to say Mitchell Trubisky haters, but Mitchell Trubisky non-believers. We'll play that. Brian Baldinger had something to say to you guys, uh, especially after last week's game. couple of notes to keep an eye on as the Bears get ready for their game today against the Minnesota Vikings. Keep an eye on Roquan Smith. He is eight tackles away, eight tackles away from breaking Brian Urlacher's franchise rookie record. Just eight tackles. Now, here's a guy that didn't get snaps in uh, preseason because he didn't have his contract signed. He was late to get into camp. Some people, I saw a guy the other day blaming Roquan Smith for the Bears losing to the Packers in the opening game of the season because he wasn't ready to go. It was 100%. Well, Khalil Mack was still getting in shape, too, at that time. Bears had a 20-point lead in that game and blew it in the, the second half. But Roquan Smith, eight tackles. Uh, away from breaking Erlacher's franchise rookie record. Another stat, which you may or may not know, and it's not necessarily a stat that's out there, but I want to say it's 37 possessions. I know it's 30-plus possessions. The Chicago Bears, in the last 30 possessions on defense, have given up one touchdown, okay? A 50-yard uh, Aaron Rodgers-led drive after the Packers stopped the Bears on a fourth down. Otherwise, the 49ers... The Packers and the Rams have been held to just eight field goals. That's how good this Bears defense has been. They have not allowed, they've allowed one touchdown in the last three games. That's it. Okay. Uh, some other stats for the Bears and the Vikings. There's a lot of them. I've got this uh, stats and info. Um, Bears have won their 11 games under first year head coach Matt Nagy, uh, one of the most improved teams in 2018. Uh, Trubisky has improved his QBR from last year's 38.6 on a pace to the largest year-to-year increase. Um, the biggest jump is 37.4 points by Jared Goff. 
Uh, Trubisky's been stepping it up. He's been effective using his legs this season. Ranks third in the NFL with 303 scramble yards. Trubisky also has seven touchdowns this year when throwing on the run. According to NFL Next Gen Stats, that's the second most in the NFL behind, no surprise, Patrick Mahomes, who has 14 Also, Trubisky has added the second most expected points on rushes among quarterbacks this year, 21.6. Last season, Trubisky ranked 17th in the NFL in expected points added on rushes. So there's a lot of stats. I've got more statistics to get to. But first, let's go to Norwood Park and Jack. Jack, what's going on? Hey, Brad. What's up, buddy? How's your Sunday? Uh, Sunday so far is good. It's nice and sunny. No snow. Uh, I can deal with the cold as long as it's not windy, Jack. Yeah, you miss a mango or what? Yeah, you know what? He's always great for a few things that, you know, every once in a while he's gonna, he's going to say moron once in a while at a few guys. But the and way the, baby, baby. Yeah, and baby, you're right. But uh, hopefully he'll be here when the Bears get to the postseason or the playoffs either the next week or the week after. Yeah, uh, I got a bold prediction today. I'm going to say Bears win 27-23. I did hear what Lewis Riddick said about the Bears uh, winning the whole thing. Yeah. I don't see it. I hope hey, I'd be the first one to high five Lewis Riddick, but uh, I just can't see the Bears winning in New Orleans with that that home that you know that home advantage being in the dome and the yeah. fans, etc. Uh, I think it's going to be very difficult, but that's really about it. Yeah, Jack, appreciate the call. Have a great day. It should be fun watching the Bears and the Vikings later on today. Yeah, Lewis Riddick stepped out. He said the Bears will not lose another game this season. Callers, hang in there. We'll get right back to you. We're going to talk Vikings, top of the hour, get a preview from Minnesota on how the Vikings are approaching this game. We'll get to the rest of the callers in just a sec. Fred Huebner with you, 312-332-3776 here on ESPN 1000. Chicago's NFL Game Day with Fred Hubner and Steve Mungo McMichael on ESPN 1000 and ESPNChicago.com. Oh, I know Mongo is missed. Not here today. Bears and Vikings wrapping up week 17. Hopefully I might go back here when the uh, Bears are playing in their playoff game. A couple other stats I want to get to. We also have Vikings talk top of the hour. Courtney Cronin is Chicago, a young lady who went to IU and IU grad. She is now making her living in Minnesota following the Vikings. We will talk with her at the top of the hour. Let's go to Old Town and George. You're on ESPN 1000. Hey, George. Hey, Freddie. Big day. Uh, my bold prediction is I'm with. I'm totally with Riddick. We're going to go all the way. However, the caveat is we got to take care of Mitch, and I'm predicting that this is going to be an ugly game. The Vikings are the dirtiest team in football. They took out Rodgers and the Packers. They took down Mitch uh, in the last game. Yep. They'll put somebody out. They better be protecting him. They better be on their toes. This is playoff football. Damn it, we we got to be we got to be ready. Yeah, and you're right about one thing, and this is playoff football. Playoffs start today for a lot of teams, among them Philadelphia, uh, Minnesota, um, and the Bears, I guess you want to say it. It starts with uh, with today. Very, very big games. Thanks, George. Appreciate the call. We heard from a lot of people. Uh, NFL Network's Michael Robinson. Uh, you know the Bears have a really good defense. He thinks it's a championship defense. This Bears defense the last three weeks, too, has been incredible. They've allowed 10.7 points per game in 10? those three weeks. One total touchdown allowed. 
Zero touchdown passes and six interceptions. (laughs) Like, they have been just on fire, a completely different level. Championship defense, guys. This this defense can travel. It can win a game for you. And it can mitigate some of the the inconsistencies from having a young quarterback. Mm -hmm. And to me, that's going to be the the, the best insurance policy for the Chicago. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. The defense is unbelievable. The defense has played so, so well this season. Um, you look at it and uh, some of the things they've done this year. Obviously, the addition of a guy like Khalil Mack on September 1st to go in and, along with Akeem Hicks and the linebackers, Danny Trevathan, he gets a running mate in Roquan Smith, the first pick in the draft. And Leonard Floyd, despite the fact that his numbers are actually less than they were last year. I think over the last four or five games, you're seeing the Leonard Floyd that we thought was going to be the guy to help the Chicago Bears team play uh, the way it is. And Matt Nagy has talked about his team throughout the year, and he said this defense... It's not just peaking now. It's been doing it all season long. I feel like our defense has been peaking all year long. I mean, they, they've been playing at, a, at another level this whole entire season. Uh, it starts with week one in Green Bay, and then <clears throat> they've kept it this way for for to keep the consistent level of play that they've played at all year long I think is rare. Um, and that's a credit to the players and the coaches for, for getting those guys that way. But um, I, I, just, I just want them to continue playing the way they're playing. If they do that, we'll be all right. In the first game against the Vikings, the Bears held Dalvin Cook to 12 yards on nine carries. Okay, They held Minnesota to 22 rushing yards. And Vic Fangio was asked the other day why the run defense was so effective against the Vikings earlier this year. I don't think there's any one particular reason. Um, you know, we played good. Um, you know, and they got away from it after a while. But um, I don't think there's any one outstanding factor other than we've played the run decently for the most part all year decently what stands out about this defense this year Vic well I mean we got to finish the season to totally give you a a complete answer on that because the way you finish the season goes a long way in answering that question honestly but up to this point obviously we've played well you know we've had our moments where we haven't but overall our efforts and our play and our production have been good in most areas good in most areas you think here's some numbers for the bears defense talk about outstanding okay the bears defense leads in total quarterback rating allowed 51 they lead in takeaways 36 they lead in interceptions 27 they lead in defensive touchdowns six they lead in fewest rushing touchdowns allowed five They lead in fewest points per drive, 1.5, and they lead in defensive efficiency, 78. Um, The Bears are on pace to have the second highest defensive efficiency by any team over the last 10 years behind the 2017 Jaguars. Okay. Uh, some of the other guys on defense, Khalil Mack leads the team 12 and a half sacks, six games with at least a sack and forced fumble this season. That leads the NFL. Eddie Jackson not playing today, five defensive touchdowns since the start of last season, tied for the most in a player's first two seasons in the NFL. Akeem Hicks, 21 and a half sacks since joining the Bears in 2016, third most among all defensive tackles behind Aaron Donald and Geno Atkins. And Kyle Fuller, a guy that 
I was surprised they jumped at and signed to the offer sh- or after the Packers signed him to the offer sheet. The Bears didn't even wait 24 hours before they said, we're giving Kyle, we're matching that offer sheet. We're giving the money to Kyle Fuller. Fuller is tied with the Dolphins uh, cornerback, Xavier Howard, for NFL in the lead in interceptions with seven. This guy's been stepping up. And finally, Roquan Smith, one of two rookies this year with at least 100 tackles and five sacks. Darius Leonard, the only other one. This defense has been special. They play the Vikings. We'll talk more Vikings. We come back after this on ESPN 1000. This is Chicago's NFL game day on ESPN 1000 and ESPNChicago.com. Hut, hut, hut! And then hut, and it's on four. Now watch him. He's going hut, hut, hut! The most zany, unbelievable, absolutely impossible dream of a play. NFL game day. Good balance. They had a couple nice runs, a couple big plays down the field. Chicago's NFL game day. Oh my goodness, what a play! On ESPN 1000 and ESPNChicago.com. Welcome back in. Fred Hubner with you. Mongo's got the day off. He'll be with us when uh, we preview the playoffs. Whatever that may be. Next week, the week after. However long it happens, whatever it takes, we will then be talking playoffs with Steve Michael McMichael. Fred Hubner with you. We're going to check in with the Vikings in just a minute. Also, last chance to vote on the Twitter polls. Uh, three of them up at ESPN 1000. What are you hoping for most in today's game? The Bears' 12th win, knocking the Vikings out, or everyone staying healthy? Who has been your biggest surprise this season? I probably could have added more, but there's only four spots. Anthony Miller, Seven touchdowns. Kyle Fuller, seven interceptions. Mitchell Trubisky, improved play. You're Eddie Jackson with those defensive touchdowns. And how far will the Bears get in the playoffs? Will they reach the divisional round? Will they reach the NFC Championship? Will they reach the Super Bowl? Or will they win the Super Bowl? You can go to Twitter at ESPN1000. We will take a look at how those play out uh, in just a little bit. Fred Hubner with you. Lots of other stuff to watch out. Gil Brandt, longtime NFL guy. You hear him on uh, Sirius XM NFL radio. He's posting a bunch of milestones to keep an eye out for today. Saquon Barkley needs two receptions to pass Reggie Bush uh, for the most receptions by a rookie running back in a single season. There's a lot of different things. Um, uh, Aaron Donald, four uh, sacks away from uh, Michael Strahan's record of 22 and a half. So lots to keep an eye on that Rams 49ers game. Uh, Aaron Donald will see if he goes off. When he gets one sack, it seems like he gets a lot more than one usually in a game. Uh, Travis Kelsey needs 54 receiving yards to break, uh, to pass Rob Gronkowski's 1,327 for the most by a tight end in a single season. Uh, in NFL history. So a lot to get to. We will talk about that and uh, much, much more. The biggest thing, obviously, for Bears fans, it's the season finale. It's week 17, and for some reason, it seems like the Bears always finish up in Minnesota. They're doing it again today. 
Uh, this game means a little bit more than last year when the Bears finished with five victories. The Bears 11-4 and trying to get their 12th win and trying to figure out exactly who they'll play in the postseason. For more on how the Vikings are approaching this one, we go up to Minnesota and uh, Courtney Cronin, she covers the ESPN uh, NFL Nation. She covers the Vikings. Courtney, how are you today? Good morning. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing real well. Uh, we had J.D. on earlier today. He says it's Minnesota cold. That mile walk from the uh, hotel is a little bit tough. You've been up there for a little while. You've probably you've probably been able to handle it a little bit better than the J.D. can do, right? Yeah, it, it's about 25 right now. I remember last year going into U.S. Bank Stadium for this game uh, on New Year's Eve. Because, yeah, you're right. They, they have played in Week 17 so many years yeah. uh, in a row. And that was zero, base temperature of zero. So that was pretty miserable when your eyelashes start having icicles on them by the time you get into the stadium. So this is like spring weather for us right now. There you go. Uh, you guys are used to it. How exactly – I was thinking about the Vikings, and the Vikings are not were not expected when the season started to be in this position, needing to win in Week 17 or a Philadelphia loss to get to the postseason. It wasn't supposed to play out this way, was it? No, I mean, I think that what's what really set this whole thing into motion, and you know, you can look back at it in hindsight and and, and try to you know temper expectations. But the you know the contract Kirk Cousins signed, and the fact that they were one game away from the Super Bowl, and they they returned all their starters on defense, and they upgraded the three technique position, they had so much going for them that it felt like okay. The organization has publicly, from Mike Zimmer to Rick Spielman to ownership, has said that the quarterback position is the one that they need to shore up. They haven't had a franchise quarterback since Dante Culpepper. Um, They need to make that change, that position, because that's what will get them over the hump and finally get them into the Super Bowl again. And, you know, that's just not the way that this season's really panned out. There's been a ton of up and downs, off the field things. I mean, it started in, you know, training camp. It's, there's, there's no shortage of news with this team. There's always something happening. And, you know, two days before camp, um, offensive line coach Tony Sperano passes away. I mean, everything they've been plagued at, you know, every single turn this season has always been something that they've had to overcome. And, you know, just as the pieces appear to be finally getting into place, it's, you know, you've got three weeks left in the regular season and, you know, your whole year comes down to one game this afternoon. And they've been in this situation before and they haven't done well in this situation before, uh, going back to 2016 when they played the Colts. And Kirk was in this situation in Washington two years ago. I mean, even last year, um, you know, but you pull back on that 2016 game that when, you know, the Giants had already locked up a playoff seat just like the Bears did. Uh, all Washington needed to do was win, and, and Kirk had his worst game of the season. So it's kind of eerie how similar, at least, just things are panning out right now. But, you know, the way that things have gone, I don't think any Vikings fan uh, would have told you that, you know, 9-6-1 and one would have been the goal this season. You know, the one thing over the last couple of weeks, they get rid of John Filippo and they have Kevin Stefanski calling plays. It seems like they're turning around Kirk Cousins and handing the ball off a little bit more, and it's worked for Dalvin Cook in a couple of games. Is that the biggest change in the offense over the last couple of weeks? Yeah, I think that with the run game, I mean, they're dedicating more to it, uh, just in ways that they hadn't been able to before, but... You know, I also tell people to kind of quell that, you know, expectation that, oh, the run game's back. I mean, it did it against the Dolphins, which, you know, they play that wide nine front. It's not hard to run on them. And then, you know, Detroit, they, they didn't really have much of a run game in the first half, but, you know, the Lions are really bad. And by the time that, you know, second half rolled around, they were, you know, mentally checked out of that and they were able to get the run game going. So, yes, they have dedicated more to it. And, you know, certainly getting Dalvin Cook, 
you know, anywhere from, you know, 18 to 25 touches a game, I think is kind of that sweet spot because he's your best playmaker. When you want to help Kirk Cousins, uh, you know, take some pressure off of him, you know, don't put, don't put the ball in his hand and say, go win the game. Give it to Dalvin Cook and, and, and do it for him. But it's a much tougher test today. They had 22 rushing yards total last time they played the Bears, which, you know, included a five-yard scramble by Cousins, which, you know, set up one of those late garbage-time touchdowns because the final score of that game was not indicative of anything that we saw after the first three quarters when they had to abandon the run uh, after the first half. So, you know, that's, that's it's a huge test, but, you know, the Bears are the Bears are you know one of the best run defenses in the NFL. The Vikings know this. They're going to get have, have to get creative in the way that they decide to run today. The Vikings are five and two at home. They obviously play better there. The Bears seven and one. Bears hit the road. They're four and three. But the the Vikings obviously play well at home. How much of that do they rely on just playing in the dome, the sound, you know, and bringing this defense to the next level? It seems like the defense obviously plays better when they're at home with all the sound and the crowd and everything behind them sure i mean there's i had to go back and look at it because i can't i couldn't remember the last time the vikings are, have lost a, a home game to the bears it's you know, bears last one up here in 2011 so the year after the nfc championship here um it's uh it's definitely another another level uh they're able to take their game to specifically for that defense i mean they're you know, holding like opposing quarterbacks at home to like you know a QPR or a passer rating under 76, I think total since US Bank Stadium has opened in 2016. Um, it's one of the best in the league. I mean, that's that, that's a blessing for Kirk Cousins to be able to have a spot where his defense plays lights out and he can kind of maintain and do you know pretty much just enough, if not a little bit more. But you know, that's I think what you what you worry about here too is I mean the defense does their part. We saw this all season long, but you know, an interception here, pick six here, you know, a fumble here. I mean, that's the stuff that, you know, turns games around. And we've seen Cousins do that at home. If he can come in here and not play tight, I asked him earlier in the week just about, you know, the perception of, you know, not playing well in big games and, you know, what what has he learned kind of from these game-on-the-line situations that he's had before. And he said he likes playing uh, with butterflies. He feels like he plays a little bit better with butterflies. And, you know, maybe the record doesn't show that, but that's that's the way that Cousins is approaching it. Um, you know, and this would be the first big game that they finally win if they're able to do it because they have not done any of those win, won any of those marquee matchups this season. Couple more minutes with Courtney Cronin from ESPN as she follows the Vikings on ESPN NFL Nation. Uh, last time these two teams met, it didn't look like it was much of a hit, but Harrison Smith with a late hit on you know uh, Mitchell Trubisky, and all of a sudden Trubisky goes out with a shoulder injury. Has that been talked about much this week? Really, not at all. Um, I think that you know when when that ha- hit happened, and we talked to Harrison after the game, and then I believe one or two days after that, um, it wasn't. I mean, you know, it wasn't. I don't believe he was fine either for it. So I mean, it, it's um, it's a situation where I think it was just a football play, and you know, it, it should have been penalized probably. But um, you know, it's it's unfortunate stuff like that happens. But I, you know, from from everything that we've talked with Harrison about, I mean, that was not intended at all. Um, and I mean that's just not something that they're talking about much this week. Okay, there the, early in the season, the one thing we were all talking about was Adam Thielen. He started the season with eight straight games, a hundred receiving yards. Uh, what's happened since? He's had one since week nine. Yeah, I mean it's uh, week nine was where the wheels kind of came off of that because that's a Detroit game. Diggs out with a rib injury. I think Thielen went four for twenty-two. Um, there's people are figuring it out. That's that's I think what. 
you know, this really boils down to is, yeah, he's a Pro Bowl receiver. He's deserving of everything that he's accomplished. But, you know, teams are finally starting to key in and be like, okay, let's eliminate Adam Thielen because he's Kirk's deep ball threat. He's trusted target on third down. I mean, he's, he's a do-it-all guy. Um, and teams are doubling him, I think, in ways that are a little bit different. I mean, third down is always, if you're looking at, like, third and eight through ten, um, and even third and long beyond that, like, Diggs and Thielen are going to be on the receiving end of double teams most of the time there. So that's opening stuff up for guys like Aldrich Robinson, Kyle Rudolph, um, to get involved in the passing game. So I think that that's kind of taking some of the target share away from Thielen, too. Because, you know, he was really quiet last week in Detroit, um, and you know, certainly quiet. He was two for 19 against Miami. Teams have, teams found out a way to contain him um, when, when it's more than just kind of that bracket coverage where, you know, you have somebody who's shadowing you all game and you can get some safety help. I mean, we saw it in New England and in Seattle when they were dedicating two people in man coverage every single time, at least for the majority of the game, on Adam Thielen and on Stephon Diggs, which really severely limited their production. So, um, I think going forward that, you know, the Vikings, you know, it, it's not something that Kirk Cousins says he's really all that focused on, like, oh, I have to get Adam the ball and I have to, you know, find ways to essentially throw him open. You know, he's focused on Dalvin Cook, uh, Kyle Rudolph, uh, Aldrick Robinson, Stephon Diggs. He's focused on where his open reads are because for somebody who, you know, time and again this season has been forced to get the ball out so quickly because of the state of his offensive line, I mean, he doesn't really have time to wait you know, to, for Adam Thielen to make something happen. Yeah, you mentioned the offensive line. They really haven't given Cousins a lot of time to throw. I mean, the uh, next-gen stats, which can get a little complicated at times, but it says the Vikings offensive line has managed to sustain its blocks for at least 2.5 seconds, 41% of the time. That's 30th in the NFL. And, um, you know, not having enough pe- time to throw the ball makes it real, real difficult on your quarterback. Uh, last week, they did find some opportunities, and they found a guy that I've always liked. Uh, growing up here, uh, you know, and following a guy like a Kyle Rudolph, he goes to Notre Dame, he goes up to Minnesota. He's a guy that was always a key factor, I thought. And I looked, he had more catches this year than I thought. He's got 60. Last week, he had a bunch. He had 122 yards, two touchdowns touchdowns is, is are they been working him in more over the last several weeks or was last week like an outlier well i think the matchups last week that were presented they wanted to take advantage of that for sure but he has been used in the passing game more uh since john d filippo was fired okay in week 15 and you know kevin stefanski's been kind of falling back on um the things that made them successful in 2017 with pat Shermer, and a lot of that is you know going on you know Running, you're running tight end plays out of you know heavy personnel, utilizing 22, 12 personnel to you know get Kyle Rudolph, get David Morgan, get Tyler Conklin open in those situations. And for a guy like Rudolph, I mean, he when he's Kirk is really uh, he's really good at play action. We know yeah. that, and we saw in that touchdown in Detroit last week, four yard touchdown. I mean, that's you know that is Kyle Rudolph's bread and butter is being a top red zone scoring threat, and we just didn't see that outside. I think maybe it was week one or week two. Um, you know he he hasn't had that part of his game because truth be told, he's been relied on a lot. Um, you know in protection, you know whether it's run blocking, whether it's providing a chip. I mean we saw him attempt to do it uh, in Chicago, but that's very very difficult when you know the person you're trying to chip <laughs> is Cleo Mack. Yeah. Um, when Riley Reese is being left one-on-one with him, I mean, that's a very tough assignment. Uh, but I think Kyle involved in the passing game more is something that they want to continue on with because it's just a vital asset for Kirk to have, you know, a 6-6 threat. I mean, you saw it on the Hail Mary 
Like, no one was getting that ball. Like, Kyle Rudolph is, is huge. Right. Like, that's, you know, he's got those those basketball rebounding type skills that, you know, even if it's not a crazy last-ditch effort throw like that, I mean, he still uses his body and has really good body control, um, you know, in, in tight windows and especially in the red zone. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. And uh, it'll be an interesting game. I'm not sure how it's all going to play out. And, you know, a lot of it has to do with how the uh, Rams are doing with the 49ers and what the Bears are going to do. And, you know, if they're winning and if they then sit people in the fourth quarter and the Vikings can come back and, you know, Philadelphia sitting there waiting. A lot of different uh, scenarios are going to pan out. It has Obviously, for, for Zimmer and the Vikings, they only have one goal in mind, and that's just go on out and win, correct? Yeah, I mean, I think that they're in a much different situation than Chicago. Like, Chicago doesn't have to show its hand this week um, because, you know, there's a very good chance Vikings win this game. I mean, unless Seattle loses to the 49ers, um, the, Bears are, the Bears are hosting that wild card game, uh, assuming the Rams don't lose today and, and then give them the two seed. I mean, a lot of things could happen. It's a wild, probably the craziest Week 17 we've had in a while. But, you know, all things said and done, right now we're probably looking at the Bears hosting the Vikings next week. So, of course, they're not going to show, you know, really the strength of what they want to do. I mean, this is a good opportunity for them to play their starters early on. And, hey, if they get up, like, you know, 17 to, like, 3, right. maybe they continue on with something like that. Just say, all right, let's just finish them off. Um, and, you know, it, but I could also see a situation, too, where if they're scoreboard watching and they see the Rams game, you know, a blowout at halftime, then they're going to pull all their starters. We're going to see Chase Daniel in there, and the Vikings could probably have a really good chance of winning that game. Yeah, it's going to be interesting the way it all plays out. We'll see how things go in the the second half. We'll be keeping a close eye on it. Courtney, I appreciate you jumping on, as always. And who knows, maybe we'll be talking again next week if the two teams are meeting again. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Courtney Cronin from ESPN. She follows the Vikings for ESPN NFL Nation. Always nice enough to uh, jump on a uh, Chicago. She grew up here in Chicago, went to IU, and it's uh, nice to be making a living following the National Football League and doing a great job up there in Minnesota. And, yes, it's a it's a nice, lovely, warm building right now. A uh, couple things we want to hear from uh, Kirk Cousins. Cousins talking about a game like this and all the pressure he has. Courtney had mentioned he hasn't really done well in win and in games, and he talked about it. I think you're aware of what's at stake. You're aware of what winning the game, you know, leaving the field will feel like. But at the same time, um, you know, we've done this now uh, 15 times this season, and um, you know, it shouldn't be a whole lot different from the actual football of when we played them the first time in Chicago. In terms of, you know, that was a big game as well, a lot of energy and a very good defense, and. You know, this one will be no different. It'll be no different. Uh, it would it would be different if he'd played well and led a team to a victory. Uh, he says, obviously, for like most quarterbacks, always excited for moments like this. Well, there will always be, you know, excitement, nerves, anxiety, butterflies, whatever you want to call it. That will always be there. You know, this matters to me. I joke with people that when the math teacher junior high school said, hey, we've got a pop quiz. I mean, you start to feel the butterflies because you want to do well. It matters to you. And. Frankly, I think when I have butterflies, I play a little better because it, it heightens your your awareness and your uh, your attention to detail and your sense of urgency. You know, the one thing, and I mentioned the offensive line and the struggles that he's been having to get rid of the ball quickly. Kirk Cousins, the only quarterback to have been pressured more than 200 times this season, but has been pressured much less since the new offensive coordinator took over. Kevin Stefanski, despite a longer average time to throw. Okay. 
uh, week 1 through 14, 14.8 pressures per game. Week 15 and 16, only 4.5 pressures per game. But his time to throw has changed. It went from 2.7 seconds uh, in the first 13 games to 2.84 seconds in uh, the last two games. So they're using the play action. Play action leap makes the defense hesitate just a little bit. And because of that, um, he's getting a little more time to throw the ball. So we'll see what happens today when the Bears try to bring their defense at uh, Kirk Cousins and the Minnesota Vikings. Let's take a look at how our uh, Twitter poll results look as we take a look at the three poll questions we had uh felix reyes jumping in with uh the twitter poll results felix the first one was and i know i knew when i put this one out how it was going to turn out but uh what are you hoping for most for today's game bears 12th win knocking the vikings out or everyone staying healthy this had to be a runaway all right so the runaway, well, eh, I guess it is. Yeah, 58% are saying everyone's staying healthy. Okay. And then 24% are saying knocking Vikings out. And then 18% are saying Bears 12th win. Okay. So 58% are saying everyone's staying healthy. Yeah, I mean, I I just hate playing the game worrying about staying healthy. Oh, we just got to stay healthy. Everyone's just got to stay healthy. I, I don't know. Whatever. That's just me. Um, same way with the NBA when they wanted to pull a guy because he played too many minutes. Ooh, um, who has been your biggest surprise this year? Uh, Anthony Miller, Kyle Fuller, uh, Mitchell Trubisky, Eddie Jackson. I would have gone with a guy like, uh, boy, I would have probably gone with Kyle Fuller. Even though Miller was a draft pick and has seven touchdowns, I did not think. I thought the Bears made a mistake when they jumped at uh, signing the offer sheet for Kyle Fuller. What did the people say? All right, this one's actually a close one between two. So at 42%, they're saying Eddie Jackson. Okay. 37% are with you, Fred, and it's Kyle Fuller. And then 17% Mitchell Trubisky, and then 4% Anthony Miller. Boy, they must have uh, expected. A lot of people must have watched Memphis play college football and liked uh, and Anthony Miller. Uh, Second-round pick and uh, seven touchdowns. Nice to see him get back in the end zone this past week. And the last one, how far will the Bears get in the playoffs? Now, we had someone right off the bat that said, hey, what if they lose in the wild-card game? Well, first of all, we don't know for sure they're going to play in a wild-card game, okay? So we put down, reach the divisional round, reach the NFC Championship, reach the Super Bowl, or win the Super Bowl. How did people vote? Let's start with the bottom up. All right, bottom up. 13% are saying reach Super Bowl. 18% are saying reach divisional round. And then 33% are saying win Super Bowl. And then 36% are saying reach NFC championship. That's pretty well scattered. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Uh, reaching the NFL or, or NFC championship. And that would likely be, everybody thinks, in uh, New Orleans uh, because the Saints uh, are the number one seed. The Saints are resting some of their guys today, even though all week long, Sean Payton said, no, I'm playing all the guys. Nope, 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 nope. Stop asking me the questions. Everybody's playing. And then yesterday he said, okay, Teddy Bridgewater's starting at quarterback, and that's it. I won't announce anything. Okay, today, Alvin Kamara, he's not playing. And, uh, yeah, so it goes from there. We've got a lot of other situations. We'll take a look at uh, the playoff breakdown. Also, lots of different stuff that can happen today. In a couple of minutes here, let me throw some of these things out here. I mentioned that Gil Brandt, a uh, longtime NFL guy, former VP of player personnel with the Cowboys. You hear him on Sirius XM NFL radio. 
talking about milestones to look, keep an eye out for today. Baker Mayfield needs three touchdowns passing to pass Peyton Manning and Russell Wilson for the most by a rookie quarterback in the NFL. Think about it. Uh, for a guy that wasn't playing early in the season, really, all of a sudden Baker Mayfield needs just three. And three touchdowns for Baker Mayfield doesn't seem like much. He's done it numerous times this year. Uh, Aaron Donald needs four sacks, as I mentioned, to pass Michael Strahan for the most sacks in the season. Uh, Strahan went 22.5. The last one was a joke when uh, Brett Favre just fell down. Um that was frustrating. But anyway, Tom Brady needs 20 completions to join Drew Brees at 6,586 yards and Brett Favre at 6,300 yards, Peyton Manning 6,125 yards. The only players with 6,000-plus in NFL history. Uh, Brady needs 20 completions to join that group today. Uh, I've got a soccer note here, which nobody wants to know. Uh, here's another one. With Drew Brees being inactive today, that means he has officially broken the NFL record for single-season completion percentage for the fourth time in his career. This is a guy that San Diego let go. They kept Phillip Rivers. They said, ah, we don't need this guy, Drew Brees. So Drew Brees goes to New Orleans. He is at 74.4%, shattering his own record of 72% from last year. Just think about it. The quarterback for the New Orleans Saints is completing 74.4% of his passes. How many times do you see him drop back and just throw deep? Now, he does throw a lot of short passes to Kamara and Ingram and guys like that. But, man, oh, man, 74.4% of your passes. They always say the biggest thing about the quarterback, completion, complete your passes, accuracy. Man, oh, man, Drew Brees, for the fourth time, he breaks his record. Uh, Single-season completion record, 74 0.4%. We come back, we'll take a look at the playoff picture for today. We'll hear some sounds, some predictions from the guys over at ESPN right here. Fred Hubner with you till noon at ESPN 1000. Chicago's NFL Game Day with Fred Hubner and Steve Mungo McMichael on ESPN 1000 and ESPNChicago.com. Oh, Mungo's got the week off. He was visiting family and, uh, I'm actually going to be at Mongo McMichael's this Wednesday night. No, no, no. Not going to. I won't sign autographs. I'm in a fantasy playoff pool by brothers, and uh, we uh, we like going to Mongo's. Plus, they have great pizza. They have really, really good pizza. If you're a Bears fan, head on over to Mongo's this afternoon. 325 Bears game. Perfect place to be watching the Bears and the Vikings. It is week 17. Because of that, I want to take a look at the playoff picture with a lot of teams. Let's start in the NFC. Saints got nothing to play for. They're the number one seed. They got the Panthers today at noon. You can pretty much say those noon games, none of the noon games really matter all that much, or at least not many of them. Uh, So the Saints are the number one seed. The Rams are number two right now. They play the 49ers, and they can clinch, but... 49ers at Rams. There's always a possibility that the Niners could jump up and do something. If the Niners beat the Rams and um, the Bears win, then the Bears would jump up to the number two seed. Darren Woodson, Teddy Bruschi looked at the Rams in the 49ers game. Certainly a different kind of year for San Francisco after losing their starting quarterback. They finish up with the Los Angeles Rams. You know, Rams are another team looking to get this win in right now. I mean, and defensively, there's a lot of things that they need to work on as far as the back end of that secondary. I think they shore some of those things up. And Aaron Donald again, 
I think he has that three. I think he gets that three and a half sacks they're looking for. I think he gets it. I don't think he gets three and a half. That's going to be tough for him. But what I want to say is, is kudos to the San Francisco 49ers. You lose your quarterback so mm. early. They've played hard yeah. the entire year and be able to squeak out some wins. They've played hard. This is a good team for the future, but this is one they won't win. I'm going with the Rams. Again, Aaron Donald with a chance to break Michael Strahan's single-season sack record. 22-and-a-half is the number. Now, the number three seed is the Bears right now. Uh, we mentioned they can move up to number two. And they can get a first-round bye with a win and a loss by the Rams. The Cowboys are locked in at number four. They play the Giants at noon today. Uh, the Seahawks, they are going to the postseason. Cardinals at Seahawks. Uh, Seattle has clinched a wild card berth. Now, they play the Cardinals at 325. There's a chance that they could fall down to number six. Woodson and Brewski with a look at that game. It's not happening. You know, Seattle just, they, they understand who they are physically up front. You know, they, they want to run the ball with Chris Carson and the, and the three running back heads that they have. And then, you know, defensively, Bobby Wagner has mm. been playing yes. outside of himself. This defense will continue to get better and better. They're a scary team going into the playoffs. Yeah, I agree. I'm going to go with the Seattle Seahawks in this one. There's no way Arizona's going up there and win. The Seattle teams know, they know their direction. They know, they see what they're in. They see the playoffs on the horizon. The Seahawks will win. He won't win it, but, but Russell Wilson deserves to at least yeah. be in the MVP conversation. Yeah. He's had an outstanding Absolutely. season. Well, he's had a really good, good season. He, you're right. He will not win it. And uh, you look at it, and uh, Seattle has played very, very well down the stretch. Uh, their game and uh, knocking off Kansas City was a lot of fun to watch. Now, we know that the Vikings, we've been talking Vikings. We'll hear more. We'll hear Brewski and, and Woodson's rundown of the Bears-Vikings in our next segment. Uh, the Vikings right now are number six, but they need um, they need to win. And they also need either a win or a Philadelphia Eagles loss. So, Eagles and Redskins. Woodson and Brewski took a look at that contest. Philly heads to Washington. And I, I still think the Washington Redskins have some fight in them. They'll, they'll continue to play hard defensively, but you've you got to look at this Philadelphia Eagles team right now. Who wants to play them? You know, Nick Foles is playing extremely well. I think Josh Adams, a young running back, he's, had, he's struggled in the last couple weeks. I think he has a breakout uh, the game this week. Philly's a hot team right now, and they're playing with a lot of confidence. I like Philly in this one. I'll take the Eagles also. The front seven defensively for the Philadelphia Eagles are so, also are starting to gain some momentum. They still stop Washington. Regardless of what you think going forward, this team does rally around Nick Foles. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does rally around Nick Foles. We'll see how that plays out. And again, if Philadelphia wins, they're hoping for the Bears to knock off the Vikings. That's the only way Philadelphia can get into the postseason is if the Vikings lose and the Eagles come away with a victory. Now, in the AFC, the Chiefs, uh, they are the number one seed right now. They can clinch the West in the number one seed with a win. Uh, they can clinch the West if, in fact, the uh, Chargers lose. The Chargers, though... Chargers at Broncos. That's right. They're at the Broncos. Woodson and Brewski took a look at that one. It's been a tremendous season, but the Chargers still have something to play for as well on the road at Denver. Yeah, and I like the Chargers in the game. I think they get right back on it. Took a tough loss last week against the Baltimore Ravens, but Phillip Rivers, all the receivers that he has, Keenan Allen, Williams, they have a lot of good receivers. And Melvin Gordon still working his way back from injury. I like the, the Chargers in this game. I'm going to take the Chargers, too. After Week 17, Votes for Defensive Rookie of the Year are going to go in, and it's Darius Leonard to me or it's Derwin James. Yeah. Can Derwin James make a few plays to solidify his campaign? We'll see.
So we will see if what the Chiefs do. If, in fact, the Chiefs, who play the Raiders today, if the Chiefs win, they clinch the West and the number one seed. Patriots right now, they are number two. They have clinched the East. They play the Jets at noon. They can clinch the number two seed and a bye with a win. They fall to the number three seed and have to play if, in fact, there's a loss and the Houston Texans get a victory. The Texans, they are playing the Jaguars. That is also a noon start. The Ravens and the Browns, that game is a 325 start. Of all the games, that's probably the one we'll be keeping a least eye on. We'll be looking at the NFC, but... Browns at Ravens. The Browns and Ravens is big because they can clinch the North with a win or a loss and a Steelers loss. They're out of the playoffs with a loss and a Steelers victory. Woodson and Brewski looking at the Browns and the Ravens. Well, Baker Mayfield has hopes high in Cleveland for the future, understandably so. Right now, though, they close it out in Baltimore. Yeah, and this Baltimore team is playing lights out right now, both offensively and defensively. But defensively right now, you look at Terrell Suggs rushing the pass, and then in the back end, you got Weddle and Humphrey and Smith. A lot of guys, a lot of veteran football players that are making big-time plays this time of the season. All year. Yeah. All year yeah. you've been on me about the Browns. Yeah, I have. Yeah, like the Browns are this, the yeah. Browns are that, Baker Mayfield. My son, too, at home. Oh, Dad, when you watch Baker Mayfield, and you're not picking the Browns I'm not here. picking This means something to the Ravens. I'm picking the Browns oh, wow. here. There we this go. This is I'm picking the Browns here because... I've seen the progression of Baker Mayfield. I want to watch Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett, yeah. a defensive end for the Browns on defense. You got to come up big. He's got to set the edge in that run game because don't think about getting any sacks, okay? Because Lamar's coming with that quarterback power, the quarterback counter. Stop that. Worry about stopping the run. Wendy, I think Greg Williams will have them right. Come on. I'm going, Baker. Wow. I'm going, Browns. Stop. Because you taught me about it all year. The Browns' <laughs> biggest fan base on Sunday. Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and there's a good reason for that. Oh, yeah, there definitely is a very, very big reason. We'll talk about that in a second. But John Harbaugh talked about, hey, listen, Ravens, we control what we can control. I do believe, and I think everybody understands it, this is what you sign up for. So at the beginning of the season, if we said we control our destiny going into the last game, we can win the division, we've all signed up for that. That's the goal. Now, I cannot believe that we can have a postseason, a playoff run, without the Pittsburgh Steelers in it. Bengals at Steelers. Now, the Steelers, they can clinch the North, believe it or not, with a win if the Ravens lose. They can only earn a wild card berth with a win and a Colts and Titans tie. Could you imagine that? If they win and then they have to wait for tonight's game between the Colts and the Titans, the game that was flexed. I can't even imagine that. But Woodson and Bruski took a look at the Steelers-Bengals. Pittsburgh has let just too many get away. And for that reason, they have to win this game against the Bengals to even have a shot at the postseason. And I think they do win this game. And guys like Antonio Brown and Juju Smith, they get back on track again, as they did last week. They're hot right now, and Ben is finding them in one-on-one matchups. And we all know the Bengals right now are having trouble on the back end of that defense as far as stopping the big plays. Yeah, and the Steelers' defense, they're great at getting after yeah. the quarterback. I'm going to take the Steelers in this one too, Wendy. Yeah, the Steelers winning that game and then having to wait and see what happens this evening. Colts at Titans. Ah, uh, the Colts and the Titans. And we heard earlier that Marcus Mariota likely not to play. Blaine Gabbard expected to get the start at quarterback for the Tennessee Titans. Uh, Mike Vrabel, the coach of uh, Tennessee, talking about trying to uh, snap that uh, unbeaten streak that the quarterback for the Colts has against the Titans. I hope that we're fearless every time we go out there. I think we're trying to get as many fearless players as we possibly could on the team or on the field at one time. That'd be 
a really good thing for us. Um, you know, I think we all know what's at stake um, with the game, and we knew four weeks ago that we'd have to continue to win if we wanted to give ourselves an opportunity. Here's what we know. Tonight's game, the Colts and the Titans, the winner goes to the playoffs. The loser does not. So the Colts win, they clinch a wild card berth. If the Titans win, they clinch a wild card berth. The Titans can clinch the South with a win and a Texans loss. This is the way football is supposed to be coming down to the final week, week 17. We come back, we'll take a final look and prepare you for the Bears and the Vikings. Fred Hubner with you right here on ESPN 1000. Chicago's NFL Game Day with Fred Hubner and Steve Mongo McMichael on ESPN 1000 and ESPNChicago.com. Oh, Mongo with the day off. He will be back as the Bears get ready for the playoffs. Could be next week in a wild card game against Seattle, Minnesota, or Philadelphia. Or it could be in two weeks as they would advance right to the divisional round with a bye in the first week. It all depend, It all hinges on what happens today. 325 starts and a lot of them. Uh, so we'll keep an eye on all of those throughout the course of the evening. Don't forget tomorrow, the guys are all back. Cap is back. Uh, Carmen and Yurko back. Waddle and Sylvie back. And they will be breaking it down. They will know by then who the Bears are playing. They will know, um, we should know, uh, when it's going to be. Maybe a Saturday night game. Maybe a uh, Sunday noon start. We're not sure. We'll see exactly what happens. Or we will know that they won't play next week. If, in fact, the Rams lose to the 49ers. So there's a lot to discuss. Before we take a look at today's game, something I had mentioned, promised I wanted to play. For those who didn't hear it. There are numerous people out there who do not like Mitchell Trubisky as the Bears quarterback. They are questioning him. One guy that doesn't question him, and he breaks it down and tells you why, is Brian Baldinger. You can follow Baldinger at on Twitter at Baldy, B-A-L-D-Y, NFL. And he shows video clips. That's why it's best to see it on Twitter. But his breakdown is amazing. Okay, And he just doesn't understand some fans of the Chicago Bears. To you detractors of Mitch Trubisky, tell me what you don't like. Tell me. I mean, he missed four throws at Levi Stadium yesterday. How about this throw to Allen Robinson? I mean, you can't be any more calm in the pocket, and you can't launch this ball any better, letting Allen Robinson use his long six foot three frame to go get it. I mean, you can't ask for anything more. 43 yards down the field. Look at these throws, the pinpoint throws. About this one to Taylor Gabriel over the middle of the field. You know, when your two leading receivers are Gabriel and Tariq Cohen, you know, nothing against them, but they're the two smallest receivers in the league. It's not like you have these huge targets to throw to. I mean, Taylor Gabriel is what he is. He is a fleet-footed, fearless receiver. Tariq Cohen could beat anybody in coverage in this business. But look at these throws. Look at the location. Look at the, the movement here. I mean, how many first downs is he going to run for this year? Just breaking the back of defenses. Eyes down the field right here. Going to find Mazel right here on the sideline. Look at that throw. I mean, look at this. Everybody needs a Broniker to throw to. Everybody needs a Broniker. Find, go find Broniker in the backyard. Get the ball to him. Look at that throw. I mean, it's one throw. You want to run a little RPO action? All right. There's your slant. Slant bubble. Here it is. There's Anthony Miller. All he does is catch touchdown passes like this one right here. 
Sprint left option. You ready? Here it comes. Day one installation, West Coast offense. Red zone. Here it is. Look at this throw. Seventh touchdown of the year for that Anthony Miller. I just don't know what people don't see when they watch Mr. Trubisky throw the football. When you see it live, the ball jumps off his right arm. Yeah, that's Brian Baldinger. He breaks it down, and he, along with Lewis Riddick and a lot of other people, really like Mitchell Trubisky. I'm one of them. I, I think I like what Trubisky does. He's going to make mistakes. All quarterbacks make mistakes. He is a second-year quarterback. He's in year one of an offense that he continues to learn more and more about. And it's, it's going to take some time. That's why it's amazing the Bears are where they are. And a lot of people have said, Lewis Riddick included, that the Bears will go as far as their defense carries them. And you just, you, you don't necessarily need Mitchell Trubisky to win the games for you. You just don't want him making the bad plays. And Trubisky talked this week and he was asked about a lot of things. Among them, he was asked about um, needing to play in order to stay in a rhythm. I always want to play, so it's easy for me to say. I always feel like I need to get better, and I'm always eager for the opportunity to go out there and play this game that we're a privilege to do so. And uh, so, yeah, just another great opportunity. All the hypotheticals, where we would be at or what we are going to be uh, based on the results of this weekend, um, I know that we're playing this game to win. We're going out there with our stars, and we're competing. And uh, for me, it's a, it's an easy mindset. He Coach says go, and and, and we're going. So uh, we're going to practice our tails off this week, get prepared for this game, and, and do the best we can. And, uh, yeah, as a competitor, you step on the field, and as soon as you step in between, in between those lines, the only thing you're thinking about is doing your job and winning. Yeah, doing your job and winning, and uh, that's what the Bears plan to do and hopefully get that victory in today. Uh, Matt Nagy talking about going up against in Minnesota against a Minnesota defense that was ranked very, very high coming into the season. Well, the Bears are ranked number one in the NFL right now. I have the Vikings, I think, ranked at number three in the National Football League in total yards. But Nagy talked about the strength of that defense in Minnesota. So number one, um, I think when you look at that, anytime you're at home, uh, you're going to have an advantage just because of the crowd noise. So it's harder for the offense uh, with with uh, with the cadence and the silent cadence. That's number one. Number two, you're talking about a fast defense, and you put that fast defense on turf, and and uh, they they can move around pretty good. And again, where when you play here at Soldier Field, it's it's grass, and the conditions are a little different. And um, so usually home teams will. I, I don't know that number, but I'd be curious to know home versus away what that is. Uh, and then they got really good players. Uh, their, their players are great. They got great coaching scheme. So, and then they've been together too for a good four years. So that they built they built that unity and trust within each other. Uh, so, and then you take all that and you throw it together and you say, oh, by the way, you know this is going to be a playoff type atmosphere. So they're going to be revved up. We get that, uh, and our guys need to be revved up well and understand um, what we're you know what we're about to get into. And, and uh, that, that's the exciting part. But they're a really good defense, and I totally agree with you that they are. That's a good stat. Yeah, it's a good defense, and uh, we'll see what the Bears do. They uh, scored 25 points against them. Well, they scored more less than that because it was Eddie Jackson's return of a pick six. Let's quickly go to Lincoln Park and Rich. Rich, what's up? Uh, hey, Fred. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Uh, I'm glad to be talking with you. I, I, just, I just The reason I call it, I really disagree with that uh, Baldy guy. Yeah. I mean... Mitch Trubisky, he's not bad. Like, they drafted him for a reason. He can make throws, obviously. But he has so much going for him. The fact that he has the number one defense, I think Matt Nagy is 
a hell of a coach, and I think that is changing things. And, like, if Matt Nagy wasn't calling the plays, I think it would be a way different story. I think he'd be a way different quarterback, and he'd be doing a lot worse. Well, and but, Rich, uh, Rich, I'd like to talk to you, but I'm running out of time. I just want to tell you, if Joe Montana went to a team that didn't have Bill Walsh, Joe Montana wouldn't have been a Hall of Famer. Uh, it, it all ties into your coach and your quarterback mixing and blending together. You've got to have the right mixture of quarterback and coach. Rich, I appreciate the call. Um, hopefully we can talk to you a little bit more, a little bit down the stretch. Hopefully Mitch goes out there and just performs great today, and then he gets even more people on his side. Let's see what Darren Woodson and Teddy Bruschi think about today's matchup. Bears at Vikings. Two teams who both have something to play for. Chicago on the road at Minnesota. I think when Minnesota gets this win, Mike Zimmer's going to have this team ready to play. they got to win this game to try to, to get into the playoffs. And you look at this offense right now. Dalvin Cook running the ball successfully. The play-action pass off of that. they got some weapons on the offensive side of the ball. And Stephon Diggs and Thielen on the outside. Yeah. I like Minnesota to win this game. I'm going to take Minnesota, too. When Zim took this football team over, it was it was a reset button. Yeah. They're playing well. I think Anthony Barr's really got to step up in terms of the things he has to do. R- running down Trubisky on those scrambles. Tariq Cohen's a good weapon, but I think that defense will make enough plays. Minnesota needs some pieces to fall in place, but first things first, they need to win this game. Anthony Barr is going to be chasing Bears running backs and, court and uh, tight ends all around the field today. The Bears are going to win, and uh, then they're going to play somebody. We'll see who. We'll see when. Also, Jake Laser reporting that Kyle Long is going to start at right guard today. Um, if I'm not mistaken, Glazer and Long are pretty good pals. They are. They're yes. really close. Yeah, yeah. so uh, there's a really good chance that we'll see him out there. Hopefully he's out there. Hopefully he can perform well. Thanks to Felix Reyes for all of his help today. Courtney Cronin from ESPN. JD, all the guys are back tomorrow breaking down, hopefully, a Bears victory. Thanks for listening on ESPN 1000.